set. Places, everybody. And action. You're listening to Black Girl Film Club, a podcast where two black women discuss movies. I'm Brittany. And I'm Ashley. And on this week's episode, we're discussing Strangers on a Train from 1951, directed by the Alfred Hitchcock. (laughs) Alfred D. Hitchcock. (laughs) A legend. (laughs) And film. Fine cinema. Let's not use that word. Never mind. I take it back. I take it back. (laughs) No, we're discussing... Cinema. <laughs> oh God, this is cinema. cinema. What is that movie? Well, what is that shit? Poetic cinema. Cinema. <laughs> <laughs> so, thanks, guys, for um, tuning in this week. Um, it's November, so we decided to try something different. And focus on noir movies. Mm -hmm. So we picked two movies that fell into the category. Uh, We're starting with um, Strangers on a Train, which is more of like your classic film noir. Mm -hmm. And the second movie that we have picked for the month is going to be something new, neo-noir. Yes. Um, And for me, this is a little bit out of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Um. I don't typically, like, in the past, this wouldn't have been a movie that I would watch Mm -hmm. outside of, like, this wouldn't have been something I picked. But this year, I kind of decided to challenge myself to watch movies from genres that I wouldn't gravitate toward. And I found myself kind of liking it Mm -hmm. a lot. I like mysteries, and I like thrillers, and I like not knowing what's going to happen next. Yeah. And I like high drama. So I feel like film noir has a little bit of everything that I enjoy. Mm -hmm. And this film kind of gave me what I wanted. (laughs) (laughs) This movie was a ride. Like, (laughs) was it a carousel ride? Bitch, I screamed at least three times. My mom was like, are you okay in there? Mom, <laughs> I came out the room and I was like, "Mom, listen," <laughs> because like, bruh, <laughs> we'll get to that scene. But I was like, "The fuck was going on set?" <laughs> <laughs> the amount of violations that occurred in that scene. What is that scene like? Uh, I don't know, like ten, five, ten minutes max. It's lengthy. And I was like, could you do all of this in 1950? <laughs> like, this sounds dangerous. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> what was going on? So, um, so yeah, um, I guess we should go into like the background. Before, well, I don't know. Do you want to talk about, should we talk about what the movie's about first and then kind of go into like the noir Vember background kind of thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So we could talk about what the movie's about. Yeah. So that makes sense. <laughs> the movie is based on a book written by Patricia Highsmith, which, woo, 
Ooh, ciao. Um, she is probably most widely known for writing the talented Mr. Ripley. Mm-hmm. Um, y'all don't Google her personal life. Don't get her opinions on people of color because they are wild. Scroll into it now. Um, <laughs> Because uh, she has some very, very, very interesting and racist opinions about black people and Korean people. Yikes. Um, So just to let y'all know that. Um, but this film is based on her first novel and Alfred Hitchcock um, acquired the rights to make it into the film. And it is about two men on a train who meet by chance, allegedly, mm-hmm. and kind of, sort of agree to murder someone in each other's lives. Yes. And since they have no connection to each other, they feel like they can get away with that murder. Yes. Or can they? Mm. We will find out. Chin stroke. <laughs> That's part of the mystery. The mystery of it all. Um, yeah. So, like, I guess we've never really we've never done a noir at all. I don't. I don't think we've done a noir or anything that no. would maybe qualify. Although a lot of things that like I have watched apparently classify or kind of toe the line into like new noir, which is kind of. Um, very surprising like every time i see like a different movie i'm like what <laughs> it's like some of my favorite <laughs> movies i'm like the hell since when <laughs> but um i've always seen like neo noir or sorry noir vember kind of floating around um like on the internet i feel like it was i don't know if it was one person or like a group of people but i know uh the person who goes by old films flicker um, I think she's kind of known for this hashtag. Um, cause I kind of, I think I would see like on Tumblr. I know her as old film flicker on Tumblr and I think she's the same on Twitter as well. Um, but yeah, it is a genre that I don't usually go for, uh, mainly because it's, I'm not good with like mysteries and like piecing together things sometimes because sometimes I'm just like, you know, following the story, but I'm not really, like, doing, like, the active work to figure out what's going on. I'm just kind of, like, letting the story happen. So, usually, like, a lot of noirs can be kind of hard for me um, to, like, follow. But, I mean, this one was pretty simple. I think it's because it's it's less of, like, a, a mystery and more of, like, a cat and mouse kind of thing. Um, but we can go into, like, the um, basic gist. Like, the noir vember hashtag is basically to um, encourage people to watch noir or film noir during the month of November. It's like a film challenge kind of thing. Um, not really any real parameter, just kind of pick a noir and watch it. <laughs> um, and a lot of these movies are very like classic and very old and in black and white. So it can be a challenge for a lot of people. Um, but noir in general is kind of a very broad term. Um, I think most of the time, and like the most like, I guess, most kind of well-known noir movies are kind of like the more like kind of hard-boiled detective movies or like the femme fatale movies, um, but they kind of have a different, a lot of different plots. Like this one's like kind of like a cat and mouse game, like I said. 
Um, you've got like kind of the like uh, maybe like the isolated like aging boxer, like you know people who are kind of just like caught up in shit that wasn't really something they meant to get involved in, but all of a sudden they're like a part of like a conspiracy or like um, that kind of thing. So there's a lot of different kinds of noir movies. Um, there's a few that are like in like the actual like national film registry that includes like the Maltese Falcon, Mildred Pierce, Double Indemnity, um, and a few other ones. Oh, Gilda, which is my personal favorite. And um, so, yeah, uh, I mean, it's kind of like a weird thing, kind of, um, it's not like a set genre. I think that's the hard part because usually you probably think like, oh, I'll just watch this black and white movie and that counts. It's not usually that. It's usually, um, there's like a, there's like a, I guess like a shared sort of like theme a lot of the times. Um, so like you got a detective one, you got some sort of like maybe crime, uh, I know a lot of times, I guess before, like, before, like, maybe, like, the latter half of the 20th century, people kind of considered noir films to be, like, more of, like, the melodramas. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it's a big, pretty wide-ranging genre. And I feel like a lot of these films are fairly influential, that watching them would be good, um... Even if you aren't interested in like black and white movies or very, very old movies, it is kind of like kind of what your favorite directors are watching or have watched or take inspiration from. So I'm, I always try to like encourage people at least like be kind of open to watching like movies that kind of have set the tone for a lot of the movies that we watch now because you can yes. kind of get that inspiration and you get that connection that you might have not made like pieced together at first because like every director that makes movies nowadays like they watch these movies I feel and they've kind of taken what like either shots they liked or kind of stories they've kind of gravitated towards or characterizations and a lot of those are still like either being like recreated today or they're very um they're referenced and you might not get that reference and I feel like by not understanding that reference you're kind of missing almost like a piece to like what the director's trying to do a little bit um so yeah I mean like in that long-winded way like <laughs> no I, that wasn't long-winded <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I always feel like damn Bitch, you've been talking forever. But, like, <laughs> the basic gist is that um, a lot of these... Movies, don't sell yourself short. Yeah, don't sell yourself You're missing out. Yeah, don't sell yourself short. You can always find something that's interesting, even if you're not into, like, crime noir. You can, might be into, like, the film fatale type of thing. You might be into, like, the, I don't know, like, the really sad, destructive older male character that just can't get his shit together <laughs> kind of thing. I mean, there's all kinds of movies. Um, and some of them are, you know, some of them kind of toe the line. Some of them are, like, very seeped in it. Um, the genre really hasn't gone away either. It's just kind of morphed into, like, something different over time, which is kind of cool to see, which we can definitely explore in our next episode. Um, but, yeah, I mean... I mean, the basic gist of it really came from, like, the visual style and how dark 
the movies were because even like the movie is black and white but like the parts of this movie are very 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 dark and kind of um like like visually like hard to see <laughs> especially like with like in the more like suspenseful scenes I feel like just to give like that extra layer of like the fuck is about to happen <laughs> in this scene and and you know there's flashbacks and sometimes there's like a uh an over like a like a voiceover like a narrative kind of framing and um but usually I feel like a lot of the times you just think of like crime and murder <laughs> in these movies that's where my brain goes Mur- yeah crime murder um like being falsely accused of things uh, conspiracies, being like kind of getting into conspiracies that you ain't have no business being involved in, but somehow you're running for your life. <laughs> mm-hmm. And most of too, most of these movies are really known for having like really flawed characters. Um, so women, men and women, um, like I mentioned, like the femme, femme fatale kind of thing. So like I read that this is kind of where portraying women as not being very virtuous became like a thing which wasn't the case before um which I guess like for better for worse because like a lot of these movies are being made by men (laughs) and so like sometimes you're just like oh do you not like you don't like women do you very much but then I feel like uh like for instance in Gilda like she's kind of like the bad bitch of the situation but she's also like, you know, kind of dangerous and kind of like, oh shit, like, could you, I feel like you could stab me if you so chose. <laughs> <laughs> Which is interesting. You were, you know, it wasn't like leave it to beaver type of moms. These women who had, women who had sex. Mm. In the like, so. But yeah, um. I don't know if we want to get into some of the movies that we've kind of like kind of looked at in like in trying to figure out because this is kind of hard, actually. We looked into a lot of movies um, to like kind of pinpoint which ones we want to do. It was hard, especially like it got wild, like it got kind of scattered, especially when we were trying to do like the neo-noir movies yes yeah um because that branched out into a lot of different areas because even movies that we did in the past like spring breakers elements of that Mm -hmm. qualified as neo-noir and i was like was it the like dampness (laughs) like was it the mustiness of it but no it's like the crime elements of it Mm -hmm. um definitely i could see how it is filmed yeah probably has um noir elements to it as well um and it doesn't necessarily have too much of a mystery no in it but there's like a suspense level and they're kind of like yeah bad not very moralistic girls. <laughs> so I guess that's kind of, you like, they're not necessarily, I guess, kind of femme fatale, maybe? In a way? I mean, in like a, yeah, they did put on ski mask and 
dance around the Britney Spears with guns. Well, they did kind so. of have a lot. I mean, they were kind of using like their sexuality, sexuality, yeah, to definitely like fuck this this weird cornrow having white boy up. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, we really watched that movie. <laughs> We I've seen it more than one time in my life. Like <sighs> I saw it more than once because you told me I had to watch it again. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, check that episode out. We definitely mm-mm. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was really difficult um to pick a movie from the neo noir. Cause there's even things like The Matrix, which I knew that one. Like, from the, I guess more of, like, the early part of the movie has kind of a noir, like, sensibility. And then Cowboy Bebop, which is not a movie necessarily, but um, it has a lot of those kind of classic elements to it. Um, And it's also a really good anime. I won't give it that. But, um, yeah, a lot of things kind of toe the line. Even like a movie like City of God, apparently. And I was like, since when? I've seen that movie like a million times. That was just like never kind of occurred to me because it's not really a, a mystery either. But it is kind of more of like seeing, I guess, people go down the wrong path and what happens when that occurs, I guess. So yeah, I guess sometimes it can feel very subjective. Because there's no, like, real, like, hard and fast guidelines. Like, it's not like a romantic. You know how, like, romantic movies kind of have sort of, like, this is kind of what happens in a romance. Or, um, or I don't know, like, any other genre. Action. Yeah, like an action movie. Like, there's got to be a giant explosion <laughs> or something. Like, it's not, it's it's kind of, like I said earlier, it's kind of broad. It's It's kind of subjective and... Um, I mean, I feel like it's, you could argue all day about what constitutes or qualifies as noir and what doesn't. So I just, you know, kind of go about what everybody else is saying. <laughs> Cause I'm still, we expanded our minds, expanded our minds, and <laughs> we learned, <laughs> we grew, we, we opened our third eyes. We again open our third eye. This is like yet again another ex- episode. This is a good experience, though. I feel like it wasn't like some of the other times we've opened our third eyes and been like, "Damn, shit is fucked." And up. then we had to shut them real quick. Although now that you, um, I read about Patricia Highsmith, I'm like, "Oh, bitch, you, you evil." Yeah, she be acting like Devin from Ninety Day Fiance. Mm. <laughs> Which one was Devin? <laughs> Wait, oh yeah, never mind. <laughs> God bless her. God bless that girl and her raggedy ass husband. <laughs> Good luck over there, girl. I hope you're taking some language lessons. Because, yikes. <laughs> if this doesn't get cut out, y'all should watch 90 Day Fiance and all of its spinoffs. We love it. We endorse it. <laughs> We mentioned that show on here at least three or four times. So yeah, watch 90 Day Fiance. I mean... Um and <laughs> strangers, speaking of fiance. 
strangers on a train girl um i mean this is like a cautionary tale to tell you not to talk to people or ignore people when they're trying to talk to you on public transportation yeah, don't talk to anybody on public transport like at all like, <clears throat> just don't get up and move cars um, because the movie basically starts out with Guy, what's Guy's last name? Haynes. Guy Haynes. He is a tennis player. He's like a small time. He's not a Serena at all. He's like an amateur tennis player, which is weird because I was like, how are you? I guess you, can you make, you can't make money doing that, can you? I thought the whole thing about being an amateur tennis player is that you don't make money and professionals do make money. Yeah, that was weird to me because he's like not John McEnroe. He's not, he's not, I mean, he's good, but he's not like, like, damn, bitch, you fucked him up. But like, (laughs) I was very confused. Like, I don't, I was like, you must have, like, you would know him. I feel like he had just like a lot of money because he didn't work. He just played tennis. Yeah, he must have just come from like, a really good like, family or something. But also, I was like, "You too old not to be working." He, but at the same time, he literally could have been like twenty-one years old. You this know what? Honestly, he could have because <laughs> he could hair, be straight out of Harvard. Hair at twenty-one, gel, not gel, but like you know, very closely. It was very, you know, quaffed, quaffed. That's we sound like black hair. Black hair sophisticated. It's quaffed. It's in the style of the day. Like, you didn't go out looking like trash. Mm-mm. He looked well put together. He looked like he got money. He did look like he had, had money. money. He did. He, I think he did, because that house was kind of big. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. He, he was a white man in 1951. Mm-hmm. So, money. Money. His name was Guy. Guy is such a weird name. I was also thinking I mean, about that. I would name my child you Guy. You would, which, I, which means it's a weird name. <laughs> because baby you told me your baby names and they are interesting to say the least i mean i want my children to be free spirits (laughs) okay that might be the like the least radical name that you picked honestly that might be the most conservative like guy? Name. Guy, yeah. Yeah, that is the most conservative. Right. The rest are like, because let's call child protectors. Because, right. Just like, imagine you in the mall being like, Baja Blast. Baja. Baja Blast. Don't get, get your, your brother. Here. What was it? Axel something? What was it? I like Axel. Yes. But it was like just, Axel Rose. It wasn't just Axel, yes. though. It was like Axel seven or something the fuck seven was another <laughs> y'all see the evidence is just making six is cool i'm not even six is like a cool really name make like i'm not even exaggerating <laughs> she's making no, it plain she's not. like this is real like this isn't this is legit she's, like, she's serious which is the scary part. yeah i'm not even joking like these aren't jokes. but see is me guy isn't as honest. bad as bruno which is the other guy Bruno is a cool name too. Bruno sounds like a dude who could beat your ass, or like a dude like I know maybe like a cake. I don't know why I think of cake when I hear Bruno. 
Or Bruno is somebody who gets on a train and say, hey, your name is Guy. I read about you in the newspaper. I know that you were, aren't you getting a divorce? Hey, ain't you dating Ann Like, Ain't that's the senator's Can you daughter? imagine? Yeah. It's like in a world where there's no sort of social media, you don't be putting your business out there like that. You don't really like, you know, blast and shit really like we do now. And somebody just comes up to you and just like, hey. I know everything about you because of like some of the stuff he was asking him about. I was like, okay, cool. Like, you know, like she's or he's dating some lady or he's a tennis star. Like you can get that shit from like the, the, like the newspaper or whatever. But then he said, oh, you're getting a divorce. And I was like, how do you know he's getting a divorce? You shouldn't be knowing that shit. Should you? <laughs> like, I don't feel like, like people that's... just blasted out that they were getting divorced like that. That was not in the paper. No. That one's not in the paper. And also, he kept talking about, hey, have you ever thought of the perfect murder? And I was like, whoa. Okay. I was like, guy, you got to, you got to dead this conversation. <laughs> like, mm-mm. No. mm-mm. No. Somebody starts talking to you about the perfect murder on the train. They about the perfect murder. You, you got to, mm-mm. Yeah, because my this first, like, my first, like, thought would be like, okay, so you trying to kill me? Like, but I'm a woman, so, <laughs> like. Usually my first thought is like, oh, shit, let me get away from this strange man. But, you know, I guess because guys like more high society, he's like, I'll entertain this rando. But also, too, we should say that he didn't really have, I guess, in that sort of classic way of judging someone by their clothes, he didn't really have a real sort of reason to be like, oh, this guy is strange from the outset because... They show them both going up to the train. Like, that's like the first shot is like their feet kind of getting on their cars and going with their bags up to the train. And I feel like Bruno was wearing like the super flashy clothes with like the, um, you know, the black and white shoes, like the Oxfords. They almost look like spats, but they weren't spats. (laughs) I just trying to figure out what they were. But I was like, he kind of got like real flashy looking clothes from what I remember. And so, because the other one's kind of dressed more like, he's still dressed nicely, but he's dressed like more conservatively, like regular old shoes, like regular dress shoes, like probably a blue suit or something. And so I guess when he came up to me, he was kind of like, okay, like there's this dude. Didn't they ask him like, if oh, like, uh, can, can I borrow a light or something too? I think, Yes. Yes. So it was like all the makings um, of like a kind of a polite conversation and this man just started talking about murder. <laughs> and then it was too late. He took it from zero to 100. Zero to 100 nigga real quick. <laughs> like, excuse me. I was like, sir, please. And like, I think they eventually went to like, well, also too, he was like buttering him up. And stuff. He was like, "Oh yeah, you're like a, like a real winning kind of guy." And like, I'm just kind of like a nobody. And like, my dad thinks I'm shit, and all this other stuff. And I was like, "Damn, could you like, can you back up a taste?" <laughs> like, he was like super buttering him up, which probably helped guy feel like more, I guess, like relaxed and comfortable around him. But like, I feel like I would be like, uh. First of all, you know too much. Second of all, you're doing a lot. Like, I 
you just sat down and they're like, oh, you're just a great person and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, he's, he's just a fucking like random ass tennis player. Yeah. Like, I was speak like, I was trying to figure out how old Bruno was supposed to be, too. Yeah, he looked older than Guy, but mm-hmm. not like super old, but like, I don't know. He definitely was like because an adult. Because his issue was with his father. Yeah. Yeah, he was like um He's like a rich kid who like lives with his parents and um his dad We don't, I guess we don't figure out what the exact reason is at that point, but like his dad um, he has like tension with him and this is kind of the motivation behind the whole conversation, which also too, again, like, why are you telling me about your dad? Like, you just sat down next to me. <laughs> like, well, I don't know you. Don't- and it's like, I hate my dad. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, all right. <laughs> right. right. Cool. Right. And then, uh, he said he also like lies randomly. You know what? I okay, backtrack. I know what he said that he got kicked out of three colleges for drinking and gambling. And he said his dad called him a bum, which I was like, well, okay, like money. I mean, college is not cheap. It's not cheap. Well, I mean, back then, but not everybody was, going was probably a thousand dollars. Not every, but thousand dollars is still a lot of money. Like, he doesn't have $1,000 lying around. I don't have $1,000 lying around. But, like, even back then, you definitely didn't have $1,000 lying around. So It's probably $1,000 for all four years, and he was probably at Harvard. That money is probably, like, sixty dollars or $80,000 now, which is actually still cheap for some <laughs> colleges. But, like, I mean, first of all, you get into three colleges. You mean That means your daddy probably talked to someone at the college to get you in because they know you got flunked, you flunked out or whatever for the first two. So your daddy has to talk to somebody else to get you in the next one and you flunk out again. Then his, he basically said that, oh, he won't give me any money and he wants me to get a job. I'm sorry. <laughs> I hate my dad. I was like, so what's the problem? Go get a job. <laughs> I was like, my dad wants me to grow up. I hate my dad. you sitting there with connects and stuff, and you're just like, I don't want to get a job. I was like, you could be in somebody's office. <laughs> he was like, like this man was one him scrub floors. It's <laughs> like, sir, what are you doing? And then he, what did he say something about like having a rock? Oh, he's like, one day I'm gonna have a reservation on the first rocket to the moon. And I was like, we're doing a lot of, we're doing a lot of talking here. He was just saying a lot of stuff. Just a lot of stuff. He was saying I'm, a lot of information, just throwing it out at Guy. And Guy was just being like, uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, ooh. Isn't that kind of like a con man's kind of way? Where they kind of just like tell you a lot of stuff. And then like the story keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And then like, just kind of like, the fuck is happening? You get so confused and overwhelmed with information. Yes, and that's what he he is using those techniques because eventually he says, "Hey, why don't I kill your ex-wife? Why don't I kill your ex-wife and you kill my dad? You know, crisscross. You know, let's crisscross." And I was like, "Wait, what? <laughs> let's have a <laughs> we 
we could just crisscross. He's, and I was like, the fuck? It's like a buzzword. Like synergy or something. You know? He kept saying crisscross. And Guy was like, what are you talking about? And it was like, he kept talking. He kept talking and kept saying crisscross. And Guy was like, wait a minute. Like trying to unravel himself from this murder plot. But every time he said something, it was like he was confirming his interest in murdering this man's dad and therefore agreeing that he wanted Bruno to murder his ex or pending ex-wife. Yeah. So like the problem that guy has is that he wants to get married to this like high society senator's daughter or whatever. And he is actually still married or he's trying to get a divorce from this other woman. Um, but, you know, I mean, he can't get married <laughs> until he gets a divorce because that's illegal. Um, and Bruno, like, catches, like, he knows all this. And he's just like, oh, like, I mean, this is, like, the perfect crime because you could do this. And then, like, you obviously want to get divorced because, like, you can't be with this, like, you know, high society girl if you're still with this other girl. And, like, guys kind of like... You can see, like, the wheels are turning, but he's also like, stop. <laughs> and he does that thing, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Killing them would be great, right? Yeah. And then he's kind of trying to, like, get away from him at the same time. <laughs> he's like, yeah, um, my stop coming up, so. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll workshop this murder plot <laughs> later. We'll see you later. Yeah, and I was, see you later. I was trying to figure out, I was like, I guess, like, how how is he going to contact him or whatever? Because Bruno's like, yeah, yeah, we're definitely going to do this. And it, we'll link up. Yeah, we'll link up and we'll, you know, get it popping. And then I realized that, like, phone books existed. <laughs> I forgot about that. And also the fact that he knew all this information already. So he probably had this man's phone number on deck. Yeah, he could pop up at the house. That's so scary. <laughs> I feel like that's scarier it- back then than it is now because we put so much of ourselves online even if we don't mean to but i'm just kind of like bro you just found me (laughs) i mean honestly ashley it's always terrifying a possibility for someone to pop up at the house always terrifying always like right what makes it different now is that right now we know you don't wash your ass in the past we didn't have that information. She's talking about in general. She's not talking about me directly. Because <laughs> I was like, no, wait. Not, not Ashley. I like, stopped. Yes. I was about to take like, a sip of my drink. And I was like, wait. Literal Ashley. Being, like the I, This is libelous. This is slander. <laughs> not Ashley, but like overall as a people. Like right now, like everyone has access to all information at all times. And we put a lot of ourselves on the internet Some and people be putting be. that they don't be watching or their just ass. in general, so, like drug offenses or things or your, or just your, too, too, too much information. Your wife doesn't let online. you in the house for Thanksgiving. Like that kind of shit. Like we know too much. I know too much about a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost that time y'all. It's almost that time. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> it is Thanksgiving. <laughs> Just one more week. <laughs> ah, so, 
Um, at this point, too, we see our famous director do his infamous cameo, which I totally missed. Um, I did, too. And I, my grandma, so I should say I watched this with my grandma. More on that later. But my grandma, uh, she's the one that kind of caught it because um, she's Aww. a Hitchcock stan, as we, we can confirm. Um, but he was carrying <laughs> uh, a double bass like up the train, like to get on the train. I totally couldn't like rewind this either because I was watching a DVD player that didn't, didn't have a remote. So I was doing a real, real struggle bus <laughs> because I was in my grandmother's room. Me and my grandma do movie dates now every week. We're all bringing. Uh, oh, that is the cutest old movie. thing ever. Yeah, she lays up in her room because she's like, I'm cold. <laughs> so I'll bring, I'll bring like the the, the Roku over and be like, let's watch the Non Criterion, um, because that's like her wheelhouse. That's all the movies that she knows and stuff. And then she had never seen this movie despite being a Hitchcock stand. And so we watched this, but I couldn't rewind it because I had no remote. And so I was like, damn, we just gotta Aww. keep pushing. <laughs> But yeah, so this is the Alfred cameo. He does one in like every movie. I feel like this is like this is well known, but I totally missed it. So, damn. <laughs> um, so this next scene is when he goes to see Miriam, which is his wife. This is Guy's wife. His mm-hmm. his, his current wife. His, yeah, his current and... want to be ex wife. This is when I was like, okay, so this movie is messy as fuck <laughs> because. I didn't really understand that he, I thought he was already divorced, but then I didn't realize that, like, he still was married until he went to go see Miriam. And then I didn't realize all the extra shit (laughs) that was going to go down because Miriam is like, first of all, apparently Miriam left him for somebody else. Mm Mm-hmm. Then mm-hmm. he wouldn't divorce her when she wanted to get divorced. And I was like, bitch, what the fuck is wrong with you? Then she says she's pregnant and it's not his. Mm-hmm. So she's pregnant by the other guy. Then she said, well, shoot, I wouldn't have left if I knew you were going to be successful at tennis. <laughs> Miriam, messy. <laughs> messy like, Miriam. I was like, ma'am, wait. <laughs> Like, she's like, oh, yeah, I don't want a divorce now. She's like, oh, I changed my mind. I changed my mind. We're gonna, I, I like, I'm moving to D.C. We're going to raise this baby. <laughs> and, he's, and he's like, no. He's like, that's not even my baby. She's like, they don't know that. I was like, oh, my goodness. So, like, even if he, like, never saw this woman again, she could probably still pop up with, like, this, like, toddler and be like, come pay for your baby. Your son hasn't seen you. And that would look really, really bad to the son-in-law of a senator. All the also the fact that you're not like legally allowed to get married. So that's another level of scandal. If you're already married, mm-hmm. you can't get married again. So like, <laughs> imagine this woman just pops up and is like, "Yeah, this is your baby." And of course, like there was like no DNA testing, so like you couldn't go on Maury. <laughs> oh, oh, child. Mm. So you just have to deal with it because it's just like, yeah, this is, I mean, even if you knew that was your baby, because the timing, if you could do math, because, you know, some people don't be doing math, right? Some people are like, oh, yeah, that's my baby. And you're like, oh, wait. And then the baby comes out like <laughs> brown or something. You're like, fuck, that's not my baby. 
That's not my baby at all. <laughs> and also, like, when did you get pregnant? <laughs> so, like, guy's in a pickle. Oh, yeah. Guy, and he's fed up because Miriam is talking all this shit. And he is upset. He just wants to get a divorce and get married to Anne Morton. Mm-hmm. Anne. And go on about his life because Miriam put, like, put him through it. And he has the nerve to try to yoke her up at work. Like, and I was like, wait, what the fuck is happening? What are you doing, sir? <laughs> like, in front of everybody, at work. And then I was like, oh, yeah, this is the 50s. Okay. But even then, somebody I tries to, like, happening. stop him. Like, an older guy yes. is like, hey, what are you doing? Like, chill the fuck out. <laughs> like, he was like, um, this is a place of sir, work. This is a You're going to have to take that home. Sir, this is a Wendy's. You're going to have to do that at the house. Get out. <laughs> You cannot be shaking your wife in the middle of the store. Like, please leave the premises. And it looks bad because it's like, you already setting up, like, the breadcrumbs for the bullshit. Because y'all here Mm -hmm. being low-key abusive and violent to your wife, who I don't really know how many people know about them not being together. I guess they would, people would know because he's, in the papers with like this other lady. Mm-hmm. I mean, even though like he mm-hmm. lives like him and Miriam are from like a smaller town, I guess. I mean, people will find out that Bruno found out. <laughs> Bruno know everything. Bruno knows too fucking much, bitch. <laughs> and so, and then he calls Anne on the phone too. And he's like saying all this shit. Like I like to break her foul, useless neck. And I was like, do you, uh, do you need to go take it out on the fucking tennis court? <laughs> because that's not a good thing. Like, even in, like, a normal, just like, sir, it don't need to come to that. And also, why are you saying that in public? And he was like, I just want to strangle her. And Anne is like, what? <laughs> I know, if I was Anne, I'd be like, <laughs> you, and please don't come over here trying to give me no wedding ring now, shit. <laughs> Get that shit out the get that aggression out somewhere else. Cause like every time he says like something wild, like I just wanna kill her. Basically, I wanna kill her is like train noises in the background or like traffic noises, so she can't quite hear him. Mm-hmm. And she's like, wait, what? What'd you say? Yeah. And then he repeats it. Yeah, he like he the one part I think she did get was the fact that he wanted to strangle her. And she she's like, oh, Okay. Okay. Like, just chill out. But also, like, my me, I'd be like, okay, I'm hanging up now. Get your like nickel so. back from the payphone, bitch, because you you wildin'. But on the other end, Bruno goes to his mama's house. Uh, and this is when we find out, like, R- Bruno is not all the way there mentally. Uh. Oh. At all, which in a lot of the descriptions for him, he's labeled as like a psychopath. But I don't know if this is like, I mean, that kind of is an umbrella term for a lot of different things. And this is the 50s. So like, you're not going to really, I feel like you're not going to have like the nuance of the understanding that you have now of certain things, but also like. 
there was a lot happening <laughs> because I thought he was going to be more of like uh like a talented Mr. Ripley kind of thing where you just kind of do things because you feel like you can like a sociopath you just do what you want oh talented Mr. Ripley yes we can talk about that in detail that's a chef's kiss that's a good ass movie <laughs> both versions of that movie are very mm-hmm. good chef's kiss poetic cinema <laughs> <laughs> but like I yeah Bruno is like he tried to blow up the White House at one point. He was like, "Yeah, I think his mom mentioned that." And I was like, "Mom, you ain't concerned." And also, mm. he was involved in like a hit and run. I was like, mm. "Bruno been doing a lot between getting mm. expelled and, and flunking out or whatever." And uh, just, I mean, maybe that's why he got flunked out too, or got expelled maybe. Because I mean, if you just walking around talking about you gonna blow up the White House. I'm sure whatever nice college would be like, you gotta get the fuck out of here. Yeah, you can't be threatening where the president lives. I'm gonna say, like, senators' sons probably go to that fucking school. <laughs> like, they're like, uh-uh. Now nah, we, need, we need our funding. Get the fuck out. It would not surprise me the way certain institutions <laughs> work. They were just like, nah, you gotta take him home. So his father comes home and basically he's like, he has to get the fuck out of here. Like we got, I feel like he basically loses. Like we got to send him to like, like a mental hospital because yeah. his father was just like, he got to go. Like, and he, well, basically he's like, we got to send him somewhere for treatment. And Bruno's like pissed because he, I guess, I don't know if it's because of this stuff or it's because of the stuff he told guy on the train or... Is it a combination? Was it all lies? Did he, I mean, he definitely wants Bruno to get out, but I think he wants him to get help. And then his mom was like, you don't need help. The Something is also probably going on with the mom too. Yeah, that's alluded to later. Cause I think he calls her like confused or something. So I don't know if she's got like dementia or what have you. Because I think this movie is yes. so old, like it's kind of hard to pin down like what exactly they're referring to. Or, like, what they're trying to accomplish, and you kind of get that a, a lot with Hitchcock movies yeah. because it's so early, and you see that later on, especially with his probably most famous work, Psycho. Yeah. Um, especially with like dissociative identity disorder. Yeah, they didn't probably, I mean, so, I'm sure they did not have yeah. the name for it, or if they did, it was probably something else, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Like, when do they, what do they call, like, they used to call, like, bipolar disorder, like, hysteria or something, or, like, or was it, like, manic depressive, or, t- like, they mm-hmm. had a lot of different names that we don't use now, or they've, like, evolved into other things, or, like, now that there's, like, more understanding of certain things, um, but, yeah, I, yeah, there was actually, um, in my, like, research, they actually mentioned that this is kind of, like, a quintessential Hitchcock character where he's like a mama's boy which directly relates to Norman Bates because he was the ultimate mama's boy yeah but uh bless him heart bless his heart and his skeletal mother's heart too bless her heart bless the whole Bates family heart although they were kind of fucked up too wasn't his mom kind of fucked up like uh, in film canon uh... Yeah. I think they, like, expand upon that, like, in the sequel or whatever, which I don't think he had anything. I don't think Alfred Hitchcock had anything to do with. Um, do I remember? I've seen it, but I also forgot. 
what happened. I haven't seen it. So. Because I spent most of my youth being afraid of the shower scene. I. From Psycho. I was also too afraid. It took me a lot of time to watch that movie specifically because of the shower scene. Because I genuinely used to be afraid that somebody would come and murder me in my shower when I was younger. And I had no basis for this. I just thought like. If I pull the curtain back, someone is going to be on the other side to kill me. And I was like, that was like a big thought of mine for a long time. I'm just like, why? <laughs> you were like 10. I just saw the shower scene out of context at like Universal Studios when I was little. And you were like, like how they accomplished it, like how they made that scene work. Because they like do like how effects are made in lot tours. Mm-hmm. And that scared me. And I, like, was too afraid to see how it happened. It's, like, a vulnerable... It's, like, one of your most vulnerable, like, places to be is, like, you naked in the shower. <laughs> you naked and wet. You wet, too. Yeah, you... I mean... It's slippery. It's slippery. All you trying to do is wash your ass, and here you go. And here comes some <laughs> man. Titties out, and there's somebody trying to stab you. Oh, my God. That's the worst. Not your titties out. I hate you. <laughs> Not your titties out. I don't. Okay. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> that that's the worst. Uh, Can you imagine? That's t- that's like what if two places the worst place? Oh, Psycho Two was directed by Richard Franklin. Is from 1983. I think Hitchcock was like either dead or about to be dead. Around that. Oh yeah, he had already died. I can't imagine him wanting to reprise that. Honestly. So yeah, I think he would probably like pass. That's I'm done. Yeah, because Hitchcock Hitchcock died in 1980, so he wasn't even there to like say yay or nay. But maybe his. Whoever controlled his estate. Oh, I don't even know he owned the rights to it. I don't really know, like, a lot of backstory for Psycho, honestly. So I can't really, um, I can only kind of guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, yeah, his mom is not right. So him and Bruno, or Bruno and his mom are kind of both kind of off in a way. We don't really get an actual confirmation of what it is. And then he goes and, like, looks up, guys. Oh, this is why I see the phone book. And I was like, oh, bitch, remember when Brittany didn't know what a phone book was? <laughs> I forgot what a phone book was. <gasps> remember that? Oh, that was so funny. You were like, they're going to tell one, 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 one. <laughs> I thought about that the other day. I was like, let's just dial numbers at random and see if you can get somebody. <laughs> go look them up in the phone book. I used to love, I, how did I forget a phone book when I used to love looking at phone books? Like, I used to love looking, like, in the phone book for stuff? Our, my phone number up. Really? Oh, I remember finding I our phone number. It took me a while. And actually. I would be like, ha ha ha, that's our house. Like, a little kid. Oh, shit. I'm old. Anyway, I, I just remember the way that <laughs> phone book smelled too. They always smelled very like mm. like sawdusty because they were made from that cheap ass paper. Like if you like turn a page too fast, it'll rip. It always fuck. ripped. It always <laughs> ripped, and just 
uh, and you had them forever too because I mean people didn't really change their numbers like that I don't, I don't think you definitely had people like I honestly feel like that type of shit is too hard anyway because I don't think you can list cell phones because people change their cell phone numbers all the time you'd be making mm-hmm. a new phone book like every fucking like six weeks or something and that's a waste of money no matter how cheap that fucking paper is Mm-hmm. New number, who it is? <laughs> that didn't exist back then. Back in the wee wee old days of, I don't know. 2007? I know. It was probably like the last time before really fucking like producing phone books like that. Uh, So what's next? Oh, he decides to follow uh, uh, Miriam. On his own accord. Yeah, because he... Because nobody said, yeah, let's do it. I think it. he called Guy, didn't he? But Guy was kind of like, what the fuck are you doing? And then, I don't know if there was a... I definitely wasn't a confirmation, but Bruno took it that way. He was like, crisscross. <laughs> right? Crisscross? <laughs> crisscross. Like, synergy. No. We're synergy. <laughs> this just reminds me of, like, work talk, and they're just like, I'll download you this. I hope you have some bandwidth. Let's crisscross on this. <laughs> but I let's let's crisscross <laughs> and get back to each other in the I'm morning. Gonna just, I'm gonna start doing that at work, and people are gonna be like, "The fuck is she talking about? What is she talking <laughs> let's about?" Crisscross. So Ashley, let's crisscross this, right? <laughs> <laughs> Please, if somebody starts talking about crisscross, I'm like, I'm out. I'm not agreeing to shit. So. Like, let's crisscross? Like, you want me to murder your enemy? Murder your nemesis. (laughs) (laughs) You have a nemesis. What? You know what? Never mind. So, let's get on with it. Let's not, okay, let's not rehash the the great Twitter fuck ups of the last week and a half. (laughs) So, he follows Miriam. Which Marion's with two guys. Mm-hmm. One is her bae. One is not. I guess he's a friend. Third wheel. Mm-hmm. But it, at first it didn't look or, like they're like, she kind of looks like she's with both of them. Hey, she could be. I mean, you know, let, you know, she might be. A, let Miriam do her. She might be a liberated woman. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. It'd be like three by Britney Spears. <laughs> That song goes off. <laughs> Do you know how yeah. long it took me to realize I was about threesome? It took me months to realize I was about threesome. Months. Oh, Ashley. Months. And so I was like, oh. Because <laughs> my friend was singing it. And I was like, oh, she is talking about fucking on the floor. <laughs> she was talking about fucking on the floor. <laughs> I was like, you know what? All right, Miss Brittany. Come on now. So <laughs> she's with these two guys and he's basically like stalking her at this like to like this fairground. Um, it's like a carnival type thing. I laughed so hard when he put out that kid's cigarette or put out that kid's balloon with his cigarette because <laughs> the kid stepped to him wrong. And he was like, bloop. <laughs> I was like, damn, son. <laughs> damn. Bruno is hilarious. I'm sorry. You know that balloon cost like, that kid a penny. It did. It was his only penny. That, he probably worked hard for that he penny. He worked hard for that penny. You don't know what they had him doing. 
You don't know if his mama gave him mm-hmm. that penny or did he like have to be a good boy or did he have to go shine shoes? You don't know what he did for that penny. You do not. Shame. Shame. But he was kind of, I mean, I was like, you know, what? I kind of feel him. Because, like, <laughs> I felt bad for the kid, but also I was like, I mean, damn. And this is also the part I was trying to figure out too when you were talking about character ages. I didn't know how old Miriam was supposed to be. I got that she was supposed to be Miriam. young, but then also like, Something about her made her seem like she was older for a little bit. I don't know. Her glasses. Her glasses. Maria is 20. Is that a Britney estimation? Yes. Yes. Miriam is 20. Okay. So, um, I mean, I can go with that, baby. (laughs) Miriam is 20. Which guy is probably like 21, 22. Okay. And Bruno probably like 23, 24. Yeah, maybe. I see, yeah. Mid- Those are my... Mid-20s-ish? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's why his dad keep calling him a bum. You get the fuck out the house. <laughs> like, you a bum. Go make some money. <laughs> they keep treating him like Jihu. Girl, come on, 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> his parents were sick of him. He's like, you almost 30. You got a baby and a wife. You need to get out. How do you have a baby and a wife and you have no intentions of leaving your family's house? And not even like on some like (laughs) traditional like stay with your parents, you know, and live with them. It's just like they genuinely want him out of there. Can you, I mean, can you imagine? (laughs) Like, we need you to get out. And he's like, because his family seems very traditional too. So I was just like, damn. I don't know. He was taking care of the dog and not taking care of his son. That so. dog got a cute little sweater on. Little cute little baby. The, the dog is so cute. Fashion for stylish. Taehyung is adorable too. Stylish. But Jihoon uh, was taking care of the dog, not taking care of the baby. Probably cold. <laughs> Mess. Oh, he's in there shivering. <laughs> <laughs> dog war. <laughs> Why not? So... After Bruno is like, I feel like he gets closer and closer to her as the, as the thing goes, as the movie goes on, he's sort of getting, um, he's kind of far away and then he starts getting like, he's kind of like behind her and then at one point he's right next to her. It's really like intense, but it's honestly, it's a little funny it reminds me of kind of like stalking in a music video for some reason. Like what? if you're watching a music video from the 80s, like that's some shit that would happen there. I don't know why. Stalking? This is how my brain works. But the, yeah, I mean, like up until very recently, I feel like the purveying thought was like if a guy's following you around a lot, it's because he liked you. Mm. And not that he was going to do you harm. It's, it reminded me, like, of a Lionel Richie music video. Let me... <laughs> I don't know why, but, like... Did Lionel Richie stalk people in his music video? Shit, I don't know, but it's, like, something I would see, like, in a Lionel Richie music video or Oran Juice Jones music video or fucking some shit like that. <laughs> These are very specific. Right? Like, every time... Like, it's a woman walking around. Every time you turn around, you'll see him, and he's, like, behind you. Like buying popcorn or some shit, or in a boat, or <laughs> walking behind you in your several dates. Like he's there every time you turn your head. Men are scary. Men are scary. 
Yes. They're scary, and I just don't, I don't like them. <laughs> That's so specific, Brittany. And this, y'all, you know how weird my brain is. I'm trying to, like, piece like, together how you're getting from point A to point B, and I'm struggling. <laughs> It it doesn't make sense, Ashley. It's a dark place. You know it's dark in here. <laughs> you know. Like, you know it's dark. It doesn't make sense. I feel like we're in competition. Me, you, and Dabble in between, like, in our group <laughs> discussion of, like, in the DMs, we're like, who's going to be the weirdest crazy one today? Oh, my God. We got so off track. So, <laughs> got so off track. I think... After he follows her, there's a really good part too when he follows them through like the tunnel of love, which I was like, why would you want a tunnel of love with like your bae and his friend? But you know what? Let she's a free spirit. Let Miriam do her. Free spirit, liberated woman having a hot girl summer. So also mm-hmm. they talk about her eating a lot. They're like, Dan, you eat a lot. <laughs> mm. And she doesn't say that she's eating for two. I don't think Bob's like she eating for two. Like <laughs> you don't know that, but she know that. We know that. We know that, and she know that because <laughs> she was like, I want to. Then she said she want a hot dog, and she said she want an ice cream cone. And they're like, damn shit, okay. <laughs> like, don't she get popcorn? Something. She was getting multiple things. They were like, I didn't know I was gonna have to pay for all this. <laughs> so, like, like gonna do her like that. You know that hot dog didn't cost you that much. It cost you like a nickel or some shit. And so, um, yeah, they go through the tunnel of love, and then you actually think that he like stabs her or does something to her because she screams in the tunnel of love, and then it turns out that I think she got gets tickled or something by like one of the other like her boo or something like that. And I was yeah, she scream laughs in there. I was like, oh, oh shit. I was like, damn, did she die in the tub love? I was like, that's a good, because pl- that was a good place for it. But then also, like, how would you do it with, like, two guys right next to her? Kill everybody. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if Bruno wanted to, he probably would try. He could, too. He probably could get away you with know, it. You know, honestly, this is before DNA, like we said, so, like, who would know? How would you know? Mm. Hmm. Hmm. Now that we're planning on any of this, would you know what to say? So, <laughs> so then it finally comes down to like they're in like a random spot like on the outskirts of the of the fairgrounds and he like corners her in like a wooded area and knocks her glasses off mm-hmm. and like strangles her and apparently mm. like Cause you see the murder and the reflection of her glasses. Cause her glasses are so damn big. You probably see like fucking time and space, the history of the entire world and like the future. And you can see her being strangled in like the reflection. Apparently this is actually like studied in film school today. Like this is a shot that people study in class, which I thought was kind of cool. Cause like, it's a good shot. It's a really interesting shot. Cause it's not something that I feel like I see very often. I'm sure somebody's tried to like recreate it or has recreated it before. Um, but you just feel bad because it's so slow that he's just like strangling her. Cause I thought, and she's like, "Help me!" Yeah, I I thought he was gonna. I thought he was gonna like shoot her. Does he have a gun? I just was. He's not. I was expecting exactly. The best that what he does. 
I mean, he's just got a lot of determination and a lot of drive to do things that he shouldn't be doing in the first place. Yeah, a lot of husband. <laughs> husband. Um, and I also thought he was gonna leave the the tennis the lighter because he has guy's lighter. Guy left it on the train on accident. And he picked it up. Oh, I Lord. really thought he was gonna frame him. I thought so too, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, but he didn't. Oh shit! No, he went back and picked it up, and he's like, "Oh shit! Oh shit!" And he picked it up, put it back in his pocket, and he leaves. Mm-hmm. And and he they find her like fainted. Cause I guess they thought she fainted or something. Mm-hmm. There's like, a, "Oh, she must have passed out." Oh, she did. Mm-hmm. She did. Did she did, oh y'all? She did. She did. <laughs> and so I think in the next scene. Guy's on a train. I think he's headed to DC to go see his boo, Miss Anne. And there's like a guy. This fucking his entire dialogue. I was like, so this man is drunk. But also, it went from like him talking about singing to saying he wrote a speech about integration. <coughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? And I was like, wait, where is this movie about to go? Because integration. It went left. What? And then I was thinking, I was like, is he talking about. I don't know, but because he was a professor. So I was like, he's is he talking about. He's not talking about racial integration. Or is he? Those are my brain first whip. I feel like there's a. A lot of different integrations. Like it's not the only type of integration, but like I was like, what are we about to start talking about in this movie? Luckily they don't get too into it. Well that was the thing I was thinking about. I think it was like physics. Was he talking about physics? He was talking about a lot and he was drunk as hell. He was lit. Yeah, and and I forget what his name is, but, like, Guy gets his name and stuff like that. And then, you know, Guy comes up later, like, the the professor on the train. He comes up later. But um, he goes to Miss Anne's house. And, girl, I think he got off the train at, like, what, like, 8.30 or something. And Bruno had found him by 9 o'clock. Bruno might be the fucking Terminator. (laughs) The proto Terminator, <laughs> <laughs> bruh. <laughs> he just kept coming. James Cameron needs to cut somebody. Like, <laughs> he really just popped up, and I was like, "Damn!" I mean, I knew he would have his address, but like, that's the first thing you did was like, "Oh yeah, I came back and I killed her." <laughs> Yeah. He bought her Miriam's bro- like her broken glasses. And then something He's like here. Yeah. But then also there was something about the scene that felt a little homoerotic to me. And yeah. usually I don't always like read it that way, but like this time I was like, Bruno, you're doing a lot. You're getting a little really close. <laughs> I don't know if it's because you're on the high of like strangling some poor lady, but I was like, you are in this man's personal space going on about how he did it and 
I don't know. He didn't say anything like I did it for you, but he's like, here, here's your glasses. And I'm just like, Bruno, leave this man alone. You can clearly see he's uncomfortable. He, he doesn't have, he doesn't pick up on social cues, obviously. He doesn't know about personal space. And he was so, he was very eager to report back about his crisscross. He was very eager to say, hey, yeah, I did what you told me to do. I killed her for you. And guys like, like see, look. Bruh, I didn't say shit about that. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, why are you here? And number one, I never said to do that. And now he's got, I mean, his problem is solved. But also, like, now Bruh's like, oh, yeah, I'll tell him if it's, like, you told me. You can't tell the cops because... You have a motive. Because he does have a motive. He, you know, somebody just saw him shaking the shit out of his ex-wife in a public space. And he was on the phone talking about he wanted to kill her and stuff. And, I mean, what if the operator's listening in? <laughs> was this still when they had operators? I feel um, like they did. Uh, probably. Can the operator listen in? I mean, if I was an operator, I would. <laughs> Brittany, how long would you have your operating job? <laughs> 30 minutes <laughs> be like girl did you hear what oh I mean I had to call your supervisor like some strange girls listening to my conversation <laughs> and it's like you gonna let him talk to you like oh ooh. hang up disconnect <laughs> let me just put that down disconnect all parties <laughs> Uh, connecting to line four. <laughs> That's me as an operator. Operator. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> connecting to line four. Well, if they did have operators back then, um, he, I mean, I feel like nowadays, I feel like you can't really say that much because there's something listening to you at all times. Mm-hmm. So, for sure. Uh, you can't really be talking about like you want to strangle people because, like, Somebody's made some contract with some law enforcement agency to like listen in on all your shit, um, and get you yoked up at a moment's notice. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I wouldn't be promising this shit, but even back then, he was doing a lot in public that he kind of laid the groundwork to fuck his own life up without mm-hmm. even really knowing he was doing it. Definitely by accident. Yeah, just got caught up in some shit that you didn't mean to be caught up in. Uh, so. Um, honestly, I was just thinking, like, I was like, you need to call Bruno's dad. Yeah, or, I mean, honestly, call, well, no, I mean. I mean. It's going to be hard to explain it. Right, because it's like, you're, that's your, they could make up anything, you know what I mean? They could say, like, it's a lover's quarrel, or, like, I mean, like Bruno said, like, you want to give this one lady because you sit you keep getting found in all the high society papers with this lady and you got this other woman. Um, and I guess, I don't know if they did an autopsy, they'd figure out she's pregnant. And like they could make a whole narrative based on that. He'd be fucked. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, usually when characters don't go to the police, I'm usually like in my head, I'm like, surely you could go to the police. But also like, nah, for multiple reasons. <laughs> Yeah. But, like, that's, like, usually their job to, like, make up a narrative that discredits someone that they feel is a suspect. 
Like, that's what they do. So, unfortunately for him, he is fucked. Yeah. Oops. Uh, And Bruno is like, so, since I killed her, time for you to kill my dad, dog. Time to pay up. (laughs) Yeah, you got to do it. We had a crisscross bargain. Yeah. And that was part of the deal. I crisped. You got to cross. (laughs) You got to (laughs) cross. That's how Chris and Cross work. Okay. Crisscross and one don't Chris and one don't cross. Like it's a two part <laughs> deal. Um and like Bruno brought a gun and stuff too. Or no, did he bring a gun or he was like, here, this is my dad's like this is the gun. He like calls out like the specific gun type and stuff, like this is the gun you could use to kill my dad. And then I was like, You have thought about this way too much. And then he started talking shit. It's like, oh, that's your phone ringing. They about to call you and tell you she dead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you better get to it. <laughs> and I hope you got your story together. Oh, you got this man shook as fuck. He's like, he just got off the train. Like, he all, like, disoriented and shit. <laughs> and here you go. And I think, like, he goes and tells. Oh, no. I think it's. Isn't it Anne or Anne's dad or whoever? And her sister. And her sister. Like, they're the ones who get the information. They're like, oh, yeah, you're, you're, like, they know about Miriam, which I also thought was kind of strange. They knew about mm-hmm. Miriam. And they all seemed okay with it. Um, I guess because he was like, I'll get a divorce or whatever. Um, but they're like, yeah, like, that's the guy, that's the police. And, like, <laughs> I forgot what her little sister's called. Oh, Babs. Babs, who's played mm-hmm. by Alfred Hitchcock's daughter. Mm. And she was like the true crime. <laughs> she was like, Girl. oh, your ex-wife died? They gonna look at you because you her husband and you look real guilty because you had a motive. Yeah, she basically lays it all out for him. And I was like, she could host her own true crime podcast. <laughs> oh, Patricia. Patricia Hitchcock. That's her name. But she was like, yeah, you look guilty because this is this and he's like they were basically like bab shut up she's like you're stressing him out like called, keep it cute she called miriam a tramp too <laughs> and she don't speak ill of the dead and she's like i'm just saying like she was a tra- I was like, damn bitch she's like yeah i mean like what's the problem like you know, I know, and I'm just like, fuck, let this, let me, this lady ain't been cold, but like an hour, <laughs> let this lady rest, and for some reason, I felt it was so weird that her brother, her dad was British, but he's supposed to be a member of the Senate, like, can you be a member of the Senate if you're not from, I guess you can, I mean, Ted Cruz does it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know the Senate. They will, will make allowances, I mean. Arnold Schwarzenegger was a governor. That's also true. I think you just can't be president, maybe. Which, I mean, Ted Cruz tried. Mm. Mm. That kind of took me out of it. I think it's because, I mean, like, Alfred Hitchcock was British. His daughter was born in um, England. So I guess, and I think this guy has also been in other Hitchcock movies, too. So He was in Rope. Oh, yeah, I was going to talk about Rope. Rope Slaps. Rope is on YouTube. He was also in North by Northwest. Hmm. And a movie called Spellbound that my grandma also mentioned. Um, when I was talking to her earlier about Hitchcock. Um, 
But yeah, so um, that kind of took me out of it a little bit. I was very confused. <laughs> I was like, wait, this very old British guy is the senator? They let you do that? But um, I also find it very interesting that Miss Anne was ride or die mm-hmm. for her husband that was threatening his ex-wife not 24 hours ago. Mm-hmm. like, and you really want to marry this man, I guess. I don't know why. Because mm. I don't know if I could be like, yeah, I'll support you. I'm like, you just were talking about killing your wife. Yeah, you, you was like, mm, you said you wanted to strangle her. Mm-hmm. And then she came up strangled. I don't know how I feel about that. So let's just pause this. Yeah. And I will get back to let's you. Let's put this relationship on ice for a little bit. Let's regroup at a later date. Let's crisscross at a later date. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh oh. I do have a crisscross. Like, crisscross. Not a murder crisscross. Like a, like a, you know. Let's workshop this out. It's <laughs> basically a workshop crisscross. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like there's multiple ways to crisscross. <laughs> now you got me saying it. So the professor on the train comes back too, and he's supposed to be his alibi. But the problem with the professor is that he don't remember nothing because he was so drunk. Yeah, the president. The president. The professor was fucked up, and he can't corroborate his alibi. No. He don't even, I don't know if he even, I think he remember being on the train, but he didn't remember talking to Guy at all. Which I was like, no, he's like, I don't, I don't remember you, I guess. I was drunk drunk on the train, bro. That's irresponsible. Yeah. Like, how you get home? Like, that's scary. I know. Because he was by himself. What is. Like, that's, that's scary. But, but I feel like they couldn't prove that he was on the train, which I thought was strange because I was like, did they not give, like, times? A ticket? Yeah, like, time stamps on your ticket, like, when you bought it. Because hmm. that's what you do. They didn't really get into that. Right. Like, I mean, you know, this is what my mom does when she watches movies. She's like, but this couldn't have happened because this, this, and this. And I'm just like, mom, let the movie happen. But then at the same time I was watching this, I was like... Usually they put like a, like when you, I mean, nowadays it's all electronic and stuff, but I would think they would like, like you'd have to show your ticket to someone or they stamp it or something. Yeah. Like an episode of Law and Order when the random train station attendant be like, oh yeah, I saw this person. Oh yeah. Girl, you know that that shit don't happen because like (laughs) how many people are on the fucking MTA a day? I'd be like, man, I didn't see him. Leave me alone, Olivia. <laughs> I didn't see shit. Leave me alone. <laughs> and though I think they decide to put a tail on him, like by like a cop whose name was Leslie Hennessy. Mm-hmm. Oh hell yeah, that's ooh. <laughs> what a name! I want to be Leslie Hennessy, bro. <laughs> Let me. I'm changing my name to Leslie Hennessy right now. Miss Leslie Hennessy. Leslie Hennessy. Such a, like, like where, where did this name? I was like, was this you, Patricia? Or was this somebody else? <laughs> because <laughs> that should have been dying. I was like, it's such a like a random name, <laughs> but also it seems so specific. It's great. It's great. I feel like we should have seen more of 
Mr. Leslie, Mr. Leslie Hennessy. We didn't really see that much of him. No, he just like allegedly popped up and then that was done. Mm -hmm. And he kind of like hangs around in the background. We also see the one black person in the whole movie, which is a butler. Which, I mean, could have been worse, I guess. I feel like usually if you saw a black person in these movies, it was like someone like, oh, there's a telephone call for you, sir. Yeah. And that was it. So that's yeah. the one downside about watching old movies. It's just like, oh yeah, you didn't. I mean, now you don't put black people yeah. in there at all. <laughs> but like, I mean, like, it's kind of like a like a weird reminder and like, damn. Yeah. Like, honestly, sometimes I will take not seeing a black person. At all. In certain movies, because certain people do not have the range to be putting black people in their movies. Yeah. Because, like, I'd rather not see a black person at all. If you're going to do them wrong in the movie. Yeah, because, you like, if you would see a black person in this film, you know it's going to be kind of fucked up. Uh I would rather just, like, don't even do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. Just leave us alone. Yeah. So... That's why I don't understand why some people like cry for representation by certain filmmakers because you literally don't want to see it. You don't. I know. You don't want to see it because it's going to be like terrible. Especially, not like especially, like I don't feel like they shouldn't put black people in the movies, but I'm just kind of like, is that really going to end well? Like you don't actually want to see it. Like. Because all it's going to do is make you mad. And then you're going to be like, well, they didn't do this right. Of course they, they didn't. Don't know they what they're doing. aren't capable of doing it. I mean, like, usually, I mean, usually white people don't know what they're doing when they have black people in anything. <laughs> some people, you know, they do well and some people do not. A lot of people do not. And also, like, I'm a big fan of, like, staying in your lane. And if you know you don't know what the fuck you're doing, don't do it. Yeah. It's fine. There are other people better suited to handle that. And I feel like that's a much better outcome for everybody when you have somebody who genuinely knows what they're doing versus like, yeah, we're just going to try it. And you're just like, no, should you? You know, and I know you shouldn't. Yeah, we know. So, I mean, I guess it'd be cool by some directors like to see it, but like also like, I mean, what if you put them in there and then they're like the one that dies? And then you're just like, well, fuck, why did I watch this movie? <laughs> that always happens. I see so many people, we talked about this. Like, I see so many people get, like, kind of, like, suckered into watching a movie because a certain person's going to be in it and they end up dying. Yeah. Just like, mm, or they're in there for, like, five minutes. And, like, mm, no, just, like, don't don't put them in if you're going to do all that. <laughs> like, but, you know, yeah. some people just don't have the range. And, I mean... I'd rather that person or director or whoever just kind of, like, acknowledge that and then leave it to the people who do know what the fuck they're doing. Because you yeah. don't know. Sometimes you just aren't equipped to tell somebody else's story. you just not. And it's fine. It's actually Accept more it. than fine. <laughs> because it's just, like, leave it, in the, leave it in the hands of somebody who's going to do a good job. Yeah. So, that's a little side note. <laughs> Um, it's okay. Yeah. So, um, over the time we find that guy, I thought this was kind of interesting guy since he wants to get into politics after he finishes tennis. 
Hmm. You know, so this is when we find out he doesn't play professionally at all. So maybe this is why he's with... I think this is alluded to that this is why he's kind of with the senator's daughter. Probably. This is like a connect. Like you're the fucking son-in-law of a senator and all that shit is kind of like nepotism anyway. Just like people saying, oh yeah, here's my son-in-law. He'd make a great fucking governor when they wouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) It's just bullshit on bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, you know, my son will make a great president. Yeah, he can read. He can kind of sound out syllables. He could lead the country. Eight years. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's get this funding started. <laughs> like I'm laughing, but like this is genuinely what happens. This feels like succession. <laughs> I connect everything back to succession because it's just like <sighs> there are people in positions of power that shouldn't be. And only it's only because they know somebody or are related to somebody or have married into something like yeah. our current administration. Hi. Ah, man. 2020 is here. It's going to be about to be here and it's going to be a shit show. For sure. Oh, yeah. It's already started. <laughs> it started months ago, but like, oh, the time has come. So, um, what happens next? Uh, Bruno basically starts following him everywhere. He keep popping up like, hey, what's up? He was like on that random monument when they were out. Yes. Like, like, uh, Guy and like (laughs) Detective Hennessy were out. (laughs) Detective Henny was out and uh, (laughs) (laughs) Detective Crown Royal (laughs) 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 were out and and Bruno was just kind of standing there looking scary and shit. And he was like, all right, we got to go. We got to go. And Anne noticed him and noticed his little tie clip that said Bruno. That's such a childish little thing, too. I'm like, why would you have a tie clip with your fucking name on it? I was like, writing mm-hmm. your shirt, like your name on the inside of your shirt. You too old for that shit. He's only like 24. But he's act like he's like, you know, like 10. <laughs> I mean... I hate my dad. He wants me to stop playing video games. He does hate his dad. (laughs) I hate my dad. Fuck you, mom. He wants me to get a job. I not fuck you, mom. Fuck you, dad. (laughs) I just want to play video games. And I want to just hang out. I want to blow up the window. My dad doesn't want to give me money so I can play. I always you. want you to give me money. I can start my YouTube channel. Give me money so I can. I want to <laughs> upload my channel. gameplay videos on YouTube. And I just need his funding to start up. Can you imagine, like, Bruno going up to his dad and he's like, I want some funds for, like, it's like a terrorist attack on the White House? Oh, yeah, Betty would try. I'm exactly, I feel like that's exactly how that conversation went. <laughs> Is that, like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, we gotta get you the fuck up out of here. Ah, <laughs> uh, if he was, if Bruno was, like a person of today. I guess he would be kind of like a gamer kid. He he would be like he'd be like PewDiePie. Uh, uh, I knew you guys. Or like Logan Paul or some shit. All of them, they all kind of look the same and they all give me the same racist white boy vibe. Yeah, it would be like that. It would be one of those kids. 
because all of them are rich. Are they rich? They rich have families? money. Yeah. I don't know anything about them yeah. on purpose. They're rich. Like, they come from wealth. How do you come from wealth period. and you make a lot of money just fucking sitting around doing nothing? But shouting because racist, epi- racist snippets on the fucking internet. You got time to do it. That's exactly what it is, usually. Wealth does equal time. Bruno mm-hmm. got time to fucking sit around and stalk this poor man. Yep, he could pop up. He really does. Like, hey. And then, like, he pop up in the city. Like, they're in DC. (laughs) There's too many people for you to be doing this. Everybody can see you. Yeah, like, do you know people can see you? He don't care. Everybody see him. And, um, guy keeps, like, running him off. Like, get the fuck. Because he shows up at, like, one of his tennis matches. Um, He sent Guy, like, a house key and floor plans to being like, this is where my dad sleeps. And this is where you go to go kill him. Follow this dotted line. Like, like, bruh. (laughs) I was just like, this is a lot. <laughs> just, just not leave him alone. He pretends to be like a like a French dude and like goes to the mm-hmm. country clubs at the tennis like the tennis matches at. Um but then this is like something weird that happens. He notices Babs and he sees Babs in her glasses and he starts like having like a weird moment where he basically like has flashbacks to to strangling Miriam. Like he's triggered by mm-hmm. the glasses. Cause Miriam's like <laughs> Babs glasses aren't as bad as Miriam's. Like they're not as Coke bodily. But I mean they're still pretty big. They thick. They are thick. And you know, Babs is kinda like, okay, you know. <laughs> But he's looking at Babs, choking the shit out of his old white lady. That party, okay, so they're having like a senator's party, like a fancy thing, gala or whatever, fundraising, who knows. And he just shows up, of course, because whatever. And then he starts talking crazy about, like, this is... He the perfect up, murder again. Well, he started talking about the perfect murder, but before that, he starts. He went up to one rant. He went up to Anne's dad, like the senator, Senator Morton, and he says something about harnessing the life force, quote unquote, <laughs> and also like a bunch of shit about something else. And then he says like something about like, can you imagine smelling a flower on Mars? And I was sitting there, like, in my 21st century brain, like, bitch, there are no flowers on Mars. I know you don't know that yet. I was like... I know you don't know that yet, I was thinking, like, damn. (laughs) I kind of want to know what it's like to smell a flower on Mars. I mean, he did kind of sell it, but also, I'm like, you just came up to this man randomly. He doesn't know who you are. (laughs) Again, just come up to people and start talking about stuff. It's kind of like he was trying yeah. to give him an elevator pitch for something. I don't really remember what the pitch was for, but also like, sir. Bruno, he got a, I feel like Bruno would benefit. Bruno, 
would benefit from attending Tom Ripley's School of Etiquette? I mean, Tom Ripley was kind of, you know, he kind of, well, I feel like in The Talented Mr. Ripley, he went a little bit more off the deep end than he did in Purple Noon. Mm-hmm. It was a way more like, and that was very homoerotic. Like, it was way more in Talented Mr. Ripley. And I think it was just because he was kind of, he was kind of one of those, like, I love you and I want to be you. And also, you, I got to get rid of you. And you're like, yeah, I kind of want to kiss. I kind of want to kiss. But at the same time, I, I want this you. money. I want to kiss you're you. like, I'm going to get this sh- money. I want this sh- money. I want to kiss and I want to kill you. I think I'm going to do all three, bro. <laughs> <Can you? laughs> Man. Just the idea that Matt Damon thought that he could just like assume Jude Law's identity at the height of Jude Law's powers is, is <laughs> I mean, it's comical to me. Now, in Purple Noon with, um, I do not know how to pronounce, I think his name is Elaine Delon at the height of his power. I was like, okay, I can see that. I can see that. I can see that. But like, come on, Matt Damon, like, sir. Man, Damon, he was fresh faced, but Jude Law still had that hairline intact, so I don't know. Like a little blonde, little cherub. I don't think you can compete, honestly. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, he did a good job, though. I mean, shit. <laughs> when Paltrow almost got fucking. <laughs> she almost got. Is that, is that Dickie? Is that Dickie? Is that Dickie? I was like, no, girl, Dickie? it's not Dickie. <laughs> you know damn well that ain't no damn Dickie. Please, please stop playing. You know that ain't. You don't know what your boyfriend look like. Your long term boyfriend look like. You've probably seen him naked, girl. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know that ain't fucking Dicky. Come on. And I think if I think if Bruno went to the what did you call it the Tom Ripley School of Etiquette? Etiquette School. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know. He might flunk out. No, I mean, he would be a little bit more refined. He would be able to sell, like, harnessing the life force, the life force better I don't and even... be able to ease into Situation. his sales pitch you know a little what? bit better. Honestly, it's the whole delivery. It really is. Like, I, I feel like he would be better able to sell the crisscross because he you like know, if he wasn't so abrupt with it it would be way better but he was so abrupt with it he just came up to you and was like hey i'd like to you know buy you a flower from mars and he's like the fuck are you talking about they were like hey i hate my dad can you kill him for me just like no i i cannot <laughs> like i i'm a stranger you're a stranger i hate my dad because he wants me to get a job can you kill him for me and the answer is no hell no (laughs) get the fuck (laughs) and this is when he strangles that lady (laughs) which is like sir so he goes up to two older women and he just starts talking and he i don't know even know how he got on the subject of murder but you know he brought it up pretty pretty damn quick and he's like how did you just always just want to kill somebody and i was like i mean that's a good point but also like sir you're at a you're at a gala like this lady you in public probably this lady has diamonds what? on like why are you talking about fucking kill, going up and killing people and then they transitioned to like talking about like murder methods basically like, the, he literally had these women talking about like 
well, you know what? I would do this. He's like, I would shoot him with a gun. And then he was like, well, you can't do that because, like, it's too loud. And then, then she went into, like, the real detailed. <laughs> like, you know what I would do? I would drive him out to, like, the middle of nowhere. And then he, what'd she say? Like, she'd go and, like, throw him in a river or something. She was, like. I've thought about this. Getting real into depth. Like, she was, like. Then I felt like cut up the body. She did say something about <laughs> put it in lie yeah, and all this shit. She did say something about and it's like ah. I was like, ma'am, this is like I feel like this is like a, a symptom or like a product of probably being married for a very long time because she didn't think about that way too hard. And then he just was like, oh, you know what? <laughs> I mean, he's like, that's actually like a lot. You know what you could do? You could just kind of like use what God gave you. <laughs> He's like, I had the perfect murder weapons. He's like, I just have my two hands. He's like, you know what? Let's try it. I was like, are you going to strangle this woman? He literally put his hands. He acts like he's going to like fake choke her. But then, which I was like, even a fake choke is, sir. Too much. Do not touch my neck. You should keep your hands to yourself, sir. Keep your hands to yourself and do not touch my neck because No. That's not even, like, that's not even, you know, like, people do weird shit at parties or whatever and drink and stuff, and then, like, they, they just start talking crazy. Like, this is basically what he's doing, but also, like, this is when the party would kind of be like, skirt, skirt, stop. <laughs> like, uh-uh, uh-uh, okay. Uh-uh, no, we done. The party just got a weird vibe. Party lights Let's... on. Party's over. Hey, it's time to go. It's time to go. It's time to go. You can do that shit over here if you want to. I gotta go. <laughs> what's that fucking video that we always laugh about i cannot remember that guy's name he's like oh i don't know where you do where you, where you do shit like that where you from or where i'm from we don't do shit like that <laughs> i cannot remember that guy's name it's like norman something oh okay yeah i know who you're talking about that one. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that would be me because, like, where do you do shit? Like, where do I do that at? Mm. No. But apparently this lady's really into it. Maybe she don't get out much. She was into it until she... she they had to pull him off of well, her. Well, because he sees Babs and he starts, like, basically having a flashback trigger moment and ends up just, like, choking the shit out of this poor lady. And then he faints. He has a, a fit. God bless. God bless. And even, I think Guy ends up hitting him later, which I was like, you should have been mm-hmm. done that, but also you should, like, yoke him up a little bit. <laughs> and everybody, of course, everybody's upset because the fuck. The fuck um, is this? But Babs is like, uh, he was looking at me. Yeah. And like he, wants, he was choking her. He to kill me. And it was weird. Oh, yeah, it's, and I didn't like it's it. strange as shit. Like, if you see somebody, like, choking somebody out, like, I don't feel like you would want to see that. <laughs> Especially not at a party in general, but, like, at this random fucking function. And then she's telling that to Anne, and Anne is like, why would Anne make, like, put two and two together? Like, oh, you wear glasses, and you kind of look like Miriam. Anne has an intellectual crisscross. In that she mm-hmm. figures out. <laughs> <laughs> she has a fi- she figures it out. Which 
then she kind of goes left though because she thinks that that guy actually hired Bruno to mm-hmm. do like to kill Miriam and he actually gets her to like see his side of the story and I was like usually that wouldn't Mm-mm. happen if it was like a modern version of this it'd be like uh hell no uh-uh. I don't know what you get up to in your your own personal time but fuck no this relationship no, is I, it would have been like I feel like you did this yeah this is like too much mounting like like too much I've observed to know that uh, shit's weird. This is too weird. Mm-hmm. This is too many coincidences. Coincidences at once, and um, eventually, like guy calls Bruno. He's like, "Yeah, okay, I'll go kill your dad." Which I was like, "Why are you doing this over the phone?" But all right, and um, he follows that little floor plan that Bruno drew. Uh, Bruno ain't telling him there was a fucking dog in the house. This big ass fucking this dog. This part had me laughing though. <laughs> Why? Because he went up to the dog and like the dog was like, hey bruh. No, like when he get upstairs oh. to the, the bedroom. Oh yeah, he goes upstairs <laughs> and he's like, hey, basically uh, your son is crazy and he's trying to you know, he got me in some shit that I don't want to be involved in and... <laughs> I think you need to leave and go to safety. Yeah. And of course it's Bruno in the bed. Bruno pulls back the covers and is like, hello guy. And I, <laughs> and I fucking laughed so hard. Oh God. It's like, yo. It was so dramatic. Like <laughs> it was so extra. <laughs> and I lost my mind. Cause he's still in like a suit. He was like fully dressed. In the dark, laying down in the dark, pretending to be his I wonder daddy. how long he was down In the there. bed. I wonder how long he was in the bed. Co- with the covers pulled up. Covered. He was fully covered. Waiting. Just waiting. He was waiting. That shit sent me. <laughs> but like, <laughs> I think this is what he kind of talks about. Oh, no, no. I guess guys like, well, like, I'm not going to agree to this murder. And this is when Bruno kind of gets a little scary because, like, well, I mean, he's already scary, but, like, more scary because he's got the gun and he's pointing it at him. He's like, oh, I'm not going to shoot you. You know, he's pointing the gun right at him. And he's like, I'll think of something way worse for you. And guy's like, okay, let me get the fuck up out of here. And then Anne goes back to the house. I guess, like, the next day to go talk to his mama. Like, everybody's trying to talk <laughs> to figure out, like, hey, Bruno, like, we got to get the situation straight because, like, you're doing a lot. And Ms., uh, I guess her name is Mrs. Anthony. She doesn't, she's like, oh, yeah, my boy would never do something like that. Mm. And Anne's like, but this is what he's been doing. Like, he's been sending us, like, messages and stuff. She's like, no, he would never do that. Um, and this is when we figure out that something's also, like, not all the way there. Although, again, we never figure out, like, what it is. Although, she paints weird paintings. Mm-hmm. That, I don't know if it's supposed to give us some clue of, like, what's what's really up. But they're kind of scary. Mm-hmm. And Bruno thinks they're all of his dad. Mm-hmm. And they kind of look like demonic cubist images. 
Mm-hmm. Very aggressive. <laughs> so Anne basically fucked up everything. Worse. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but basically, Bruno's plan is that he is going to plant the lighter on, I guess, wherever he murdered Miriam. He's going to go back there and he's going to leave the lighter there because he's still got this. They done seen this man with this lighter like three times, but nobody thought to like be like, hey, bro, give me that back. So he's going to go plant this lighter on uh, on the island or, or at this theme park or whatever. And I guess he's going to call the police maybe. He going to snitch. Yeah, he's going to be like, oh, yeah, you wouldn't do what I want you to do. So uh, here are the cops. I hear, got the evidence. This is what he did. He left it here. And this is kind of when the movie got a little slow because it's like a big tennis scene. And I was like, who the fuck cares? They want to show that he's good at his job, I guess. I don't know, because he's kind of doing kind of bad at one point. But also, yeah. not really good at tennis scoring. So I was like, I don't know all the ins and outs. But um, Bruno's basically heading there. At one point, he drops the lighter down the drain. I was like, oh my god, do you know how many times I've dropped, like, when I was a kid, I dropped stuff down the drain all the time. I dropped, like, my favorite pencil down the drain, and I, like, cried about it. Aww. Because, like, there was no fucking way. I don't even know how he got the lighter out of the drain. He reached in and picked it out. It seemed like, a de- like it, he defied the laws of physics and human anatomy. He got it, and then people watching him was like, he really fucking wanted that thing, didn't he? Yeah, like, you really wanted the lighter, huh? And they're all like, all right, weirdo. So, um, while he's getting down to the, (laughs) when he gets down there to the fair, the fair is, like, in full swing. Um, Mm -hmm. guy ends up making it down there finally after like a million hours and this is when shit goes left it gets amazing i do not know how any of this was physically possible or legal (laughs) but it happened in the context of real life but also like how did they do this on the set because (laughs) i was having a fucking meltdown man so okay so, Guy and Bruno confront each other on this carousel, and they're, like, wrestling and tussling or whatever, and the cops have figured out where he's going, like, uh, you know, Detective Crown Royal Bag has found him, <laughs> and they have... I guess, no, they didn't find them. They, like, alerted the police. They alerted the local police because I guess it was, like, in a different town or something. I don't know. Or a different state, maybe. I'm not sure. So, like, it's not, I don't think it's Detective Crown Royal Bag. But, like, you know, like, I mean, we can put it in it was. But, like, so the cops come and they just, one of them decides to shoot in the crowd. Uh, it was old time. And it was, like, but even in old times, bruh, like, that has never been a safe move. You're at a carnival. I mean, it's a carousel. There's babies on that shit. You gotta let these people know that you're a cop. Me mean business. Why don't you fire up in the air? Not like that would be any better, but like, 
Maybe they saw a black person. <laughs> no, they didn't. You know they didn't. <laughs> you know they didn't. Yeah, you right. No, not at that shit. I know that much. That carnival was down the road. <laughs> the Negro carnival was somewhere else. <laughs> this is the white carnival for sure. But I was like, sir, you can't. Like, what did you think you were going to accomplish by shooting that gun into the crowd? Some order. Well, he fucked up because you know what he did? He shot the the carousel worker, like the, the attendant Bruh, that was managing. It, I felt like he shot that man in the head. Either the head or the chest. It was like instantaneously like that man is dead. And then the he got boo. Yes, and that was first of all. I was like, okay, okay, wait. And then the lever that is controlling the carousel like goes from like a nice manageable carousel like rate to like the indie fucking five hundred. <laughs> that shit is spinning. <laughs> it is. Spinning. I fucking yelled because this thing is going like, I don't know how fast it was going, but too damn fast. There's one little kid that's like on the carousel who like, I is having the time of his life. He's having the time of life, but then is it the same kid who almost gets tossed off the carousel? Yes. Because Bruno like yes. shoves him off? Yes. So this little boy almost yes. rolls off this bitch. This is like, I don't really know how carousels are built nowadays, but this is like a spinny, like on like a spinny track you know how like this is what i got from it it felt like it was on like the little thing that the microwave like plate thing sits on where it's like spinning around (laughs) basically is what it was because it was like kind of not level either (laughs) that shit wasn't level it wasn't on the ground like not fully on the ground and then it's spinning so fast and they're kind of like Oh, who wants to go on? Like, the cops are trying to figure out who's going to go on there. And some random ass old man is like, I'll go. And he starts crawling under. They let him go. The carousel. He's like a thousand years he old. He went so and he's slow. he's just crawling under there. He went so slow. First of all, the carousel and they, is not, like, how is there even enough space for you to crawl under there? Because he has to crawl under because the lever's in the middle of the carousel it's not like on the end or whatever like i feel like it would be like that now (laughs) like somewhere like apart from like the controls would be like away from the carousel and he's going under there the cops don't even like stop it look the cops are like oh no and then they're like well do you want to do it they're like now let him go ahead i was like this man is like in his 80s (laughs) don't worry about it sonny i got it so the carousel is going faster and faster and then the part that took me all the way out was that that man is underneath the goddamn carousel and he pulls out his chewing tobacco while he's crawling underneath the fucking carousel and starts putting it in his mouth. And I'm just like, so who's not going to make it out of this situation? <laughs> this is just a mess all around. Guy and Bruno are still fighting and I was just like mm-hmm. losing my fucking mind. I was just like, Yo, and then when he gets to the middle of the fucking thing, so to the lever, he actually makes it, which I was like, first of all, it's a miracle. When he actually makes it, he just yanks it all the way back to zero. And shit just breaks. I said, there is, how did they do it? I need to know how the carousel, how did it work? Uh, Everybody on the carousel should be dead. 
every single person should be dead. Dude, okay. So I'm reading it now. I guess they like fast forwarded. Like, so they artificially made the carousel go faster. Which is, I mean, it makes sense because, like, there's no way that you could get actors on this thing and, like, not nobody die <laughs> at the rate this thing was going. But then the guy who was underneath the, like, the one who crawled underneath the ride, like, he was actually under there. And then he could not, like, put, like, he was an actual carousel operator who had volunteered for the job. And it said that, like, if he had left, like, raise his head like a little bit more it would have gone from being a suspense film into a horror film Ooh. so this man basically could have got it like could have like been decapitated in this movie mm. can you even do shit like that now i mean i know like stunt guys no routinely get injured and or die but like i don't feel like like legally <laughs> like I feel, I... I feel like the set would be shut down if this had happened today. Yeah, I don't think you could get away with that. Because that's scary <laughs> to me. But the way he yanked the lever, I was like, sir, the whole thing just like came apart. And I just don't, I don't know like how that happened. Like, I guess, oh, here, no, there's a thing right now. Okay. It says that he took a toy carousel and photographed it being blown up by a small charge of explosives. This piece of film. He then enlarged and projected onto a vast screen, positioning the actors around and in front of it so that the effect is one of a mob of bystanders into which plaster horses and passengers are hurled in a deadly chaos. It is one of the moments in Hitchcock's works that continues to bring gasps from every audience, me, and applause from cinema students. Well, all right. <laughs> Shout out to them because that shit was scary. Yeah, I screamed <laughs> in my room. Like, I, I was watching it. And I was like, ah! Like, I screamed. I screamed like, I legit screamed. My mom was like, so was the movie good? Like, because <laughs> <laughs> I was screaming so loud. Because, like, when you see it, I was just like, when it came to, like, like when the scene stopped, I was like, somebody died. Multiple people died. That little boy who almost but died. I think that little boy he, is now a Casper. He, he a Casper. He, <laughs> That little boy is a child ghost. He is a Casper. This is the appropriate time of of, like in the 20th century for him to because didn't Casper when did Casper die? Like in the 20s? I feel like Casper I don't know. Casper could have been a 1950 ghost. I feel like he was a 1950s ghost. Or mm, sounds about right. (laughs) I mean He was either a 1920s ghost or a 1950s ghost. Yeah, you know. Oh, like I don't feel like Casper watched TV during his childhood. Oh, they had TV. I feel like Casper played with a like a hoop and a stick <laughs> growing up, <laughs> like a fucking Archie comic. <laughs> like Casper had a sled and a hoop with a stick, and he chased it down the street. On his mansion. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Like, he died from having pneumonia. Yes. Yes. And I see a lot of future Caspers <laughs> every day in Ohio. Walking outside in 12 inches of snow. You got on shorts and a sweatshirt. <sighs> future Casper. <laughs> well, RIP to that dude. Like, I mean, he definitely... <laughs> He got flung. 
Somebody had to have gone. I don't know. This is like in the day where I feel like you would sue like certain uh, entertainment companies or whatever. But mm-hmm. like. It was very close to being a John Landis situation, <laughs> honestly. Brittany. <laughs> Just saying. Brittany. I mean, John Landis murdered people. Uh, <laughs> and his son is a horrible human being. He's literal human garbage. Uh, so. Oh, dear Lord. Just keeping it real. Keeping it that honest. That is fucked up. I want, does he make movies anymore? John Landis? Yeah. I think he does. I didn't know he was still alive, his... actually. So this is news to me. I think I've John Lynch. I think still I'm alive. thinking of, of of the other one that I cannot. My brain just like had a fart. <laughs> <laughs> What's the other guy? Um, John Hughes. Sorry. Okay. John Hughes. R.P. He gone. Yes, that's the one that that's gone. That's the one who. I don't know if he was shitty. Maybe. Who knows. Um, I mean, I hope not, but probably. I mean, I mean, he was, you look at the content of his work, definitely has some issues with race. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that, those were movies I watched a lot growing up. I feel like a lot of people watch those movies. So, they shaped mm. lots of people. Although, I don't think he murdered anybody. So, I mean, he got, he got no, one, one up on John Landis. John Landis, yeah. Yikes! Don't murder people. Also, that's like a weird. Why do directors do that? Like y'all gotta be more responsible. Just be and listen. Yeah. And don't ignore safety. Although if he hadn't ignored, I mean, if if Alfred Hitchcock had paid attention to safety, he would have not had this scene that made me scream a lot. And had a near anxiety attack because it's so dangerous. Oh my it's god, it's so oh. dangerous. It's stressful. It's, like, it's so stressful you know to watch. Too? I feel like it's because it's wooden and like wooden rides always give me like this is too old to be functioning. Please take this down. Even though this is from the fifties, so like it would probably be perfectly uh, usable. <laughs> but like it just reminds me like wooden roller coasters and shit like that. I'm just like. It's too much friction. Some might catch on fire. Too much rickety. It's, it's like rickety. Done. Shit's kind of creaking a little bit. And you can see like, it's like not level when it's like going around, which I think is, I mean, that's, I feel like that's on purpose for like physics reasons or whatever. But like, now that man would have been the headless horseman. <laughs> that man would have been, oh my God. Let's think about it. Oh, gosh. I wonder how many takes they had to do. Mm. At least it seems like he was also worried for this man. It says that it was the most personally frightening moment for him in any of his films. Mm. It just seemed like a lot was happening. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it was, but like... Well, damn. I mean, movie magic, but also movie... Um, possible exploitation and or death. <laughs> but... Like, while they were fighting, like, people on the outside, like, someone at the park pointed at either Bruno or Guy saying, yeah, I saw that guy the night that Marion was murdered. And so the police think that they're talking about Guy. 
So that's why they were after Guy. Mm-hmm. But as this very dangerous carousel fight <laughs> has happening, and uh, as the whole ride just flipped the fuck over, it lands on Bruno, and Bruno is dying. And the guy, the witness who says he saw one of the men that night, he comes up and says, yeah, I saw that guy. And they were like, you saw this guy pointing at Guy? And he's like, no, I ain't seen him. I saw him. And points at Bruno, who's dying. So Guy's like, oh, yeah. So you saw him. You did not see me that night because I was not there. You saw him who murdered Miriam. And the man was like, yes. So that means I'm clearer of this crime, right, policeman? Yeah. And the whole time and Bruno's like, oh, no, you did it. You still did it. And I was like, bro, you're, you have a, like a, probably like a carousel horse on top of you. You probably could have been impaled by a carousel horse. Like your innards are smushed, <laughs> bro. If this had happened in like 2019, shit, we would have saw everything. Fucked up limbs mm-hmm. and shit. It would be like a final destination. This is exactly from some <gasps> final destination. <laughs> I know you're gonna bring it back in like five years, maybe two. In two next year, 20, 20, 2021. They're gonna announce the next. You know what? We shouldn't say that because they're gonna do it. <laughs> and I bet it's in the works right now. They're gonna be like in pre-production. <laughs> You know what's scary is I just said Final Destination and my computer knew exactly what I was about to Google. Stop listening to me, Google. It's rude. They know. They know. Let me see. Final Destination reboot. I bet you it's coming. Reboot. In January 2019, it was announced that a reboot is in the works. Oh, no. They announced this this year. Yeah, of course. Naturally. In January. And you know who's going to go see you. it? My, yeah, I'm a regular my bitch. Mom. My mom's going to. She's seen every single one. I love this franchise. I can't watch it. I love Final Destination. I have not I love seen it. past when... Was it Devin? Was Devin Sawa with the one who died the bathtub? No, that was Todd. I remember. So this is a long time ago. The, the first time I tried to watch this movie, um, somebody died in a bathtub very brutally. And I said, you know what? No. We won't be watching any more of this. What is that, like 10 minutes into the movie? Eh, like 20. You did Yeah, it. no, I was not going to keep going. They're, oh, they're doing that it. That was his friend, Todd. That was Todd, his bestie, they Todd. They are redoing this. Excuse me. <clears throat> reimagining uh, with the writers from Saw. Girl, that's like my two favorite things. Linking up. <laughs> crisscrossing. They crisscross. <laughs> That's like if I pour a little bit of Baja Blast into some cold red, bro. Oh my god! You need to be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> you need to be ashamed <laughs> of yourself for that. I love it. Uh, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> just, just pour a little. Pour a little sip of red. Pour a little sip of red and Baja. Mm-mm. I bet that tastes good. Ooh. Well, Brittany's excited for this. Um, but this is a final, this is a final destination ass ass situation. Like I can't get over it. Like it. I mean, I think that's in G. Like it's really cool that they they did the whole toy 
thing and sped it up and stuff. Like, that's actually really... I would not think of that. I always think about how, especially, like, back then, before, like, super, um, like, super complex, like, CGI and stuff, like, how people really... Because a lot of uh, movies uh, that are kind of more fantastical or hard to do were done with, like, toys or paintings. Like, a lot of old movies are like that. So... I wonder, like, who was the first person? But also then I think, too, of, like, a Buster Keaton situation. I'm like, if this is a Buster Keaton movie, somebody actually would have built this carousel and flung his ass on there. And then somebody definitely mm-hmm. would have perished. <laughs> or not. I don't think anybody died from a Buster Keaton movie. I don't um, know how that on the authority. <laughs> so maybe I shouldn't speak too soon. I mean, Buster Keaton, like, risked it all every single time. This is very true. And it stresses me out when I think of actually, it. Like, when I think about it, I'm like, oh. Yeah, like, fucking, you know, a house almost fell on him. <laughs> That's the one I always remember. Mm. That's scary. Well, I mean, could any of our favorite celebrities or actresses or actors have survived in these times? Probably not. I think Christian Bale. I mean, Christian Maybe. Cousin Bale just said he's not going to do any more of that weight loss stuff. He probably can't because if he does it again, he'll probably... Something n- oh, will yeah. not function. <laughs> He'll become a cas- ca- Casper. A Casper thing. or um, he'll get the, the sugar. Yeah. The last time he gained a lot of weight. Um, who... You know who Joaquin Phoenix... He gives all for his roles. Um... Viola Davis. Viola's not gonna do this shit. <laughs> <laughs> he would not. She would not. I mean, she'll throw a little boy off a little carousel. She would, um, but she wouldn't be on that damn carousel, and it would not be going a million miles an hour. I know that much. Um, who would risk their life for art? I don't know. Hmm. Nicholas Cage. Who has the range? Tell us. Tell us, listeners. Yeah, if you... Who do you think would risk their lives? I can't think of anything other than like a person like Jackass. Like like, a, like Johnny Knoxville. Who is literally influenced by Buster Keaton. Hmm. That's the only ones I could think of. But I can't think of anybody who's like, quote-unquote, A-list actor, actress, who would be like, yeah, I'll totally do it. I mean, they probably wouldn't let them do it anyway. Like the studio. Like, yeah, that's too much money. That's a lot of money. <laughs> that's a lot of insurance. I feel like back then, like the studio kind of owned your ass anyway, because you had like studio contracts and not like individual contracts with whoever you made a movie with. So like, I feel like you had to do stuff. And then generally like labor laws and shit like that. Just, I mean, they're barely good as they are now. <laughs> and this is like, I don't know, 60 some odd years ago. Damn, almost 70? Holy shit. Yeah, it's been a minute. Uh, 2020 is almost here, bitch. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. uh, ah. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, we didn't get to the last scene. The last scene is, um, there, I guess it's Guy and Anne are on a train going somewhere, and a priest randomly 
says, hey, aren't you Guy Haynes? And Guy and Anne look at each other and they just fucking get up and leave. And don't say nothing to the priest. And the priest is like, wait, that's that's where your movie ended. That's where mine ended. Where's your end? Do you have extra things? No, my movie didn't like the version I watched didn't end. Like oh, that. tell me how it ended. Oh, the one I watched, it was because I rented it on Amazon. Okay. Um, it was it just ended like at the um carnival disaster <laughs> and the um his lighter was in his hand like as bruno died with the lighter in his head and that's why i was like watching it and i was like yeah old movies kind of just ended like we <laughs> and it was just like we out like we this it Like it was just over. Like he he was dead. The lighter was in his hand. He was guilty. We done. Movie out. I'm fucking dying. I rented mine from Netflix. Like I just got <laughs> it on DVD, and that was like after everything. Because like, did they talk about like, oh, he had the lighter in his hand, so this is this is the guy who did it or whatever? Yeah, and it just ended there. But there was no priest or nothing. Okay, yeah. so that that's weird. I wonder if they cut that or something. Why would they cut that? That's like the funniest part of the movie. They they was like, Cause mm, we yeah, because they're like, oh no, like you see, like he learned his lesson. Because he's like not even willing to talk to a priest. And he's like, usually you'd be like, I mean, back then I guess you'd think like, oh man, the clergy, he all right to talk to. But they're like, hell no, we ain't talking to nobody. Let's move cars. Let's go get us a sandwich or something. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe they didn't have that. Shame on you, Amazon. I didn't think mine was like a Dang. special event of edition or anything. So I don't know why they would do that. Dang. But I appreciate that lesson. <laughs> I know, usually movies don't like, I feel like noir movies don't usually end with happy endings. Like, surprisingly, a few of Hitchcock's movies do end with, like, at least, a, like, a, no, I wouldn't say, like, a happy, happy ending, but, like, you know, things were resolved, but, like, a lot of them also don't. I can't tell you, like, Psycho ended yeah. with, <laughs> like, a happy ending. It's kind of like, oh, this is, like, this is fucked up. But I think, what is the other one I know? Um... I've seen like a not a whole lot of Hitchcock movies, but the other one I know really well is Rear Window. That kind of got there's a close call. Like I've never seen Rear Window. Oh, I haven't seen many Hitchcock movies. That one is. I've seen a couple, but not a lot. I enjoyed Rear Window. Um, I've seen North by Northwest. That one's pretty good. Um. There's another one that Stoker is based off of, which I was actually very disappointed to hear because I thought Stoker was like a original movie to find out it wasn't. Um, And that one's kind of interesting, but also kind of strange. (laughs) Um, Uh, Stoker. Mm. But the one that movie is based (laughs) off of, um, 
which I cannot find the name of it. Oh, Shadow of a yeah, Doubt. Shadow of a Doubt. We watched that during a like a Hitchcock marathon, like on New Year's Eve. I was like, I know this movie. And I was very pissed off because I, I didn't know what it was. It just was they were just playing Hitchcock movies in, you know, just random ones. They didn't really play like the, I mean, besides Rear Window, they didn't really play like the big ones or whatever. And I was like, the fuck? How dare you make me think this is original Wentworth Miller? <laughs> So yeah, I mean, I've seen a bunch. Um, I guess, I mean, have you seen Disturbia? That's based off a of weird window. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's not the same. Like, I mean, it's different in the sense of like setting and stuff, but it's like the general yeah same thing. It's like about that man who should mind his business. Yes, although he's <laughs> bored. In this one, he's bored because he broke his leg, so he's like. And he spied on his neighbors on his and neighbors. mind his business. I mean, he didn't have, like, you know, he had TV, but, like, you can only watch so much TV back then. You got, like, what, two channels? You might have three. You might have three, and they probably only play the good shit at night. No, TV turned off at 11. <sighs> I mean, from, like, uh, you know, 12. like, 7 o'clock, maybe? 7 o'clock to, like, 10.30? What time news go off? I don't know. Nine o'clock news? Uh huh. Probably midnight. Then they start playing the American flag and then TV turn off. <laughs> Can you imagine your fucking TV just turning off at this day and age? And you're like, we done. Like, we done for the I'm night. Take around, your ass like, to sleep. What do I do now? <laughs> That's why people have so many kids. I mean, what else? <laughs> I mean, you know what? That's actually awful because usually people who do not have a lot have nothing else to do but have kids. <laughs> That's like a genuine, like, a thing. That's like an actual thing. So if we lived in the, like, what, what in the 50s or something, we'd have just a bunch of kids because, like, oh, yeah, TV's off. Yeah. TV done. So what do you do next? (laughs) (sighs) Ah, Christ. (laughs) (laughs) A mess, a mess, a mess. So would you recommend this movie? I enjoy this movie. If anything, just for the fucking carousel scene, which I think we talked about for like 30 minutes. Like, bruh, what the fuck? I, yeah, I would agree. <sighs> I would recommend it on the strength of that alone. Like, what the hell? <laughs> I'm still laughing about it. And you know, the fucked up part is learning, like, all the secrets and shit has not, like, I'm still in awe. <laughs> it's scary. <laughs> It's so scary. It's scary. Like, it's scary. Too many people almost, like, became Caspers that day. Like, it's definitely a Casper. Like, that set is haunted. <laughs> it probably is. <laughs> Somebody perished. I, yeah, I think, I think it's a really good one. I think it's, like, a good sort of, it's not too slow. It's not too, um, like, melodramatic or anything. So it actually goes, it's kind of a longer movie, 
but it's not um aside from that one little lull with like the tennis game and stuff like that was one part i was like okay you could have like cut this down a little bit but um like i wish that scene had been more of like a like a cat and mouse kind of chase thing because it really wasn't it was kind of like like he got there like just in time or whatever, but it wasn't really a lot of suspense in that kind of portion, except for the part with like the lighter going down the drain. But um, yeah, I, I recommend it. I think it's a good movie. Um, I mean, there's, it's one of like a lot of Hitchcock movies that you could watch. We could spend like forever talking mm-hmm. about Hitchcock in general. So what movie would you like? What movie do you want to recommend? I mentioned it earlier. But I like Gilda a lot. Um, it's more of like the femme fatale, sultry, kind of sexy film noir. Um, great hairography by Rita Hayworth. Wonderful hairography. Um, and it's about like a wife. Well, I guess it's a woman in Gilda who is like the wife of like a like a kingpin. I think he's like a casino or- owner or something. Um, and this casino owner hires this man to be like a like a henchman or kind of like work in his casinos, and it's like Gilda's former lover. So then it just becomes like a whole like tangle web of fuckery. <laughs> and um, yeah, I'm really annoyed that it's not on the Criterion Channel. I don't know why it's not. It might be coming soon. It needs to hurry up because I went to go watch it to prepare for this episode and it was not there and I was very disappointed. Hmm. I feel like I had to rent it when Filmstruck was around. I still had to rent it from from Netflix because it wasn't on Filmstruck either. So I don't know what's going on with that in terms of like rights and streaming and all that stuff. Because you can rent it on Amazon, but like I like to, you know have it for repeat viewings i guess but it's a pretty mm. good movie i enjoy it a lot and like i said hairography yeah that hair is nice i'm looking at it now it's like a great like that's a body wave like girl that is a body wave it. moment and the way like that's like the most like I guess it's like one of the most like, iconic, like most recognized, recognizable like film entrances when she does that like hair flip because he asks if she's decent and she comes in. She's like doing that sort of like over the top, like new wife kind of like, who me? <laughs> and then she sees this guy that she knows. And I don't know if she knows her husband knows that they know each other or whatever. And she's like, oh, like it's the perfect like, oh, this bitch. <laughs> Her face is like, yeah, sure, I'm decent. And she looks at him like, I'll cut you. <laughs> and it's just such a good moment. But I, I like that movie a lot. So that's my recommendation. Hmm. I think I might have to add that to my list. That's a good movie. Um, I, I want to recommend Double Indemnity. Okay. I watched it earlier this year because I was challenging. I've been challenging myself to watch more movies outside of my comfort zone mm-hmm. all year. Mm-hmm. And that was one that I watched Oh, because um, I wanted to watch older movies. Apparently this movie is on stars right now. Mm-hmm. It's been on stars most of the year. Well, damn. Star 
stars. Why don't you yeah. post this stuff? I don't know why. Stars and Encore be having the movies. I don't know why they don't. Because you don't usually expect to see these movies on these, like, services. Which I think is why uh, Filmstruck and the Criterion Channel were such big deals when they, like, finally did them. Because, especially Filmstruck, because Filmstruck had, like, the Turner Classic Movies element to it, too. Which I don't. Turner Classic Movies doesn't do any of the streaming. I guess it might be... Some of that stuff seems like it's kind of hard to get, like, rights to. Just because I feel like stuff is tangled up in studio bullshit or whatever. But, um, yeah, I didn't know that. But anyway, continue. Tell us about this movie. Um, It's kind of like your classic film noir. Mm-hmm. It does have a femme fatale in there. Um, and it is about a man who gets wrapped up with the wrong woman, um, who kind of gets lured in by her and is kind of roped into, um, doing a crime that he kind of doesn't want to, like, kind of like insurance stuff. Um, I'm not doing a really good job of explaining the movie, but it is really good. I really enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has Barbara Stanwyck in it, and she is great. Okay. And I would recommend it. I'm going to have to put this down now that I know that I can actually stream this. Because I, I get mm-hmm. DVDs. It, I think great. you and me both still get DVDs. I, like, I still get DVDs. Um, I get DVDs. But, like, sometimes it's hard. Some of these movies I cannot get even on DVD, and it sucks. Yeah. you're just kind of, like, hovering, like, any day now, someone's going to put this. And I'm sure they probably, like, exist on YouTube. Because I was going to say, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, but Rope is on YouTube. Rope is also really good. Yeah. Rope is more like a one-room kind of thing, although there's, like, a great shot with the swinging door and he throws the rope in the drawer and I was like bitch that's a good shot <laughs> I was like wait rewind <laughs> I need to see that I again. also watched that this year because I went back to a, fa- a phase earlier in my life when I watched murder by numbers a lot what is murder by numbers do I know that is that the one with Ryan Ryan Gosling and uh, Michael Pitt when they wanted to do the perfect murder. I have not and heard it. And it was based... Oh my god. Wait, wait. It was based on... Maybe I have. I didn't know he, that Ryan Gosling was in it. I feel like I knew Sandra Bullock was in it. Mm-hmm. Well. And it was based on Leopold and Loeb. And that's a real life case. And that is the case that Rope is based on. Oh, okay. That's Freaky. <laughs> I don't think I knew that was a real case. Mm-hmm. Oh, let me get my uh, true crime on. Let me put on my Babs glasses. Let me adjust these shits. <laughs> and uh, get to reading because uh, just like I don't think I think they aged him up in in rope because he was like a classmate mm-hmm. of theirs, which this is like I think they're older than him, right? The kid. They're like college students. That. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And they were kind of. And then Leopold and Loeb were also college students. Okay. And then Murder by Numbers, they were high school students. Okay. I think in, yeah, in Rope, they were all kind of like college classmates. 
and they were kind of philosophically mm-hmm. exploring murder and just like sir <laughs> sirs actually and that one i think is kind of known for being kind of homoerotic because i think isn't one okay the guy in this movie in strangers on a train i just really googled rope and like of course i'm just like why can't i see the movie because it's just pictures of rope so <laughs> um he's in rope and strangers on a train um the guy mm-hmm. who plays guy farley granger He's. In, mm-hmm. but I don't. I don't remember. I don't think he was the ringleader. I think he was like the side guy. Was it? Yeah. He he would be like the Michael Pitt. Oh. To you, the Ryan Gosling. That's funny because Michael Pitt is usually the one I would think would be the one doing the leading of yeah. bullshit. But I've also seen. It- <laughs> I've seen, funny games. I've seen funny games and it's ruined me on him forever. Yeah, I used to watch funny games and murder by numbers a lot. Does this not paint a picture a of lot. you guys? Because it paints a picture of <laughs> <for> me. <laughs> like, like a lot. Like a lot. <sighs> but yeah, I think there's supposed to be some like unexplored like tension between the characters in Rope. That's, I feel like that's been read a lot, like, as a subtext or whatever. Um, but also, I think it's kind of be- because of the actors themselves. Because Farley Granger was bisexual, and the guy who played the other character was gay, apparently. John Dahl. Hmm. Oh, but the play it was based on explicitly portrays them in a homosexual relationship. Okay. And the screenwriter was also gay. Well, it seems less like subtext and more like text, girl. Well, I love it. So, um, yeah. So, then our next movie, our next episode is going to be on Blowout. Blowout! Which, 1981! Which is directed by Brian De Palma. Brian De Palma! And stars fellow wig enthusiast John Travolta. John Travolta! <laughs> He actually looked really good. I was watching his last night. I don't know how I feel about this movie because certain parts of it, I was like, girl, what are we doing here? But he looked really good. He was like in his post-Saturday Night Fever, pre-actor slump, and he looked he looked pretty good. He was doing a good job. Mm, that was his real hair. He looked good. <laughs> he looked good. No HD lace for him. What was that fucking no? What was that place like that that fucking account that exposed him was a celebrity HQ or something? Whatever that high po- HD photos that they used to have. Yeah, that was real rude. That was so rude. Oh god, some of the pictures that used to pop up on that shit. I was like, good grief. Delete. <laughs> um, but that should be interesting. That movie is streaming a lot of places. Actually, it's on. The Criterion channel um, with like all the supplemental fun stuff. So like some of the stuff with like um, I think your name is what Nancy Allen. There's some inter- Nancy Allen. Yes. There's some interviews with her on there. Um, there it's on Prime right now. It's also on Tubi. Um, so you can find this movie a lot of places. Um, so if you want to watch along, which we always encourage you to do, like 
I mean, hey. Go for it. Go for it. It's a cute little hour and 40-something minutes. It features a slightly young John Lithgow, which nobody fucking told me about. <laughs> so I got that shock. Another person is very jarring, honestly. Been young or been old my entire life, and I was like, "Excuse me, who is that?" (laughs) No one mentioned that he would be in this movie. (laughs) Ah, so that was a shocker. (laughs) So yeah, so um, which I don't think he was young. I think he was just younger than he is now. (laughs) So I mean, like. Do with that what you will. Um, so, yeah, I mean, do we have any other things we want to mention? Um, any more um, noir things we want to discuss? I don't at the moment. Okay. Well, I mean, we have totally, like, I feel like this discussion will be very interesting next time because, like I said earlier, neo uh, noir is all-encompassing it seems like and a lot of movies fall under the category so it should be interesting very very interesting okay so you can catch us all over the damn place um we're blk girl film club on twitter we're black girl film club um at gmail.com we're black girl film club on instagram where else are we we have a blog you can yeah, you can visit blackgirlfilmclub.com. Mm-hmm. We're, um, yeah, you can also listen to us like on iTunes, at Spotify, anywhere you listen to your podcast. Subscribe, subscribe. Feel free to, yeah. Subscribe. Subscribe, review, tell your mama about, well, maybe not your mama. I don't know about tell your friends. Tell your friends. Um, tell all your friends. Just tell whoever you want. About us. Um, yeah, I know that we are out here trying, talking shit, loving movies. It's you know, it's a good time. Yeah, we're fun. We're fun girls. We're fun girls who like film. So I guess that's it for this episode. So bye, guys. Bye. Don't get caught in any you know dangerous carousels and go watch Blowout. And don't talk to strangers on trains. Don't talk to anybody, honestly. Bye! Bye!